If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash laststandmedia. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 39 of Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. As always, I am joined by the elusive man, Lord Cognito. <laughs> ah, someone watched the event over. What's going on, sir? How you doing, Maddie? What's going on? We got doing well. some specialty, you know, people in the building, and it's just Absolutely. feeling good today, man. The Grubhub has been welcomed to That's Defining right. Duke. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I listen to the show whenever I get a chance. You guys to put on a good, a, yeah, good entertaining podcast. Thank you. Brother, thank you An so honor. much. It really means a lot coming from you, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love, all, love all your guys' stuff, honestly. That's why I was happy to come thank on. You. Yeah, much yeah and thank it. you for all the Mass Effect content you provide me with, by the way. I, <laughs> <laughs> your articles have been uh, been very good in lifting my channel up in 2020, so I appreciate you, Jeff. <laughs> no, no I, I, honestly, that came back around because I started watching your stuff. I'm like, he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to make, sure, right, I, go. make <laughs> sure you uh, check in with his stuff before I say anything too stupid about it. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, we appreciate you joining us, Jeff. We yeah, got a fun week ahead of us. Uh, for those who are new here, we have early access for this show every Thursday on patreon.com slash media. We hit free feeds like Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all that stuff on Sunday, so you can listen there, plus the video version on the Last Stand Media YouTube channel. Uh, we have Defining Duke Ultimate, which just went live this week, episode 35. We had a perfectly dark dispute, yeah. if you will. And we'll be diving into that a little bit more in this episode. But if you want almost an hour episode just talking about Crystal Dynamics and the initiative, what's going on there, go ahead, give that a look. But before we do begin, just a couple of things. Number one, 
if you are a patron, an evening with Last Stand Media is available right now. That's the event that we went to Butler, Pennsylvania for. You can check that out now. You can watch me uh, preach the good word of Toy Story 3. You can watch <laughs> Cog pimp out uh, Mass Effect Woo! 2. <laughs> yes, sir. PowerPoint presentations were, were strong, yes. you know. But Yeah, man. I, I love the way Lockmore edited. Yes. He really like did a bunch of jump cuts. Yeah. He showed the presentations up close and personal. Yes. It was much more involved than I expected. So he did a, a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most memorable things I've been a part of. So please do check it out. Uh, it was a really good time. And honestly... Mm -hmm. And now looking back on it, I was pretty. I thought I like rushed through my presentation. No. I thought I was pretty calm bro, and collected up there. Let me tell you, you, know, you right. couldn't tell. I was shitting myself. No, no, no bro, <laughs> you were good. Because I'll be honest, like it's always like if you're doing anything public, the, the the being the first person called on stage in front of people is yes. like you don't want to be the first. So you broke <laughs> the tension. I was like, oh, it's okay, it's Maddie. I just sit back and watch. but <laughs> you were just so in your bag. You had the energy. You had the jokes. Thank you. And, and that's it. Set the tone, and you actually eased me. I was like, okay. We 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 gonna have some yeah, fun with this. I was gonna this. say though, I, I think what's as intimidating as going first is going last because you, oh. you know, everyone's got ahead of you. It's like I gotta follow that Bro. up, follow that up. After Raygun and Colin, and, and then I'm just like, dang, it was in his bag, man. Dang, yeah. you know, say we just yeah. want too much. We want people to watch it, but you know, it was really good. Everybody made excellent points. The competition was mm -hmm. fierce. Um, I've never done anything like that before. First yeah. time, you people are like, oh, your PowerPoint skills. I'm like, bro, if it wasn't for Ben <laughs> telling me about uh, Prezi, I wouldn't have known what the hell I was doing. <laughs> hell yeah, Prezi! Shout out to Prezi, though. Prezi, <laughs> yeah, for real. You, I I literally bought a subscription. I was like, oh, this is the greatest. Wow. This is like PowerPoint for dummies. I was like, I, I love think I this did a, wow. a job uh, resume in Power and Prezi before, and they were like, Yeah, that's pretty good. We're not going to hire you, but that's pretty interesting. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to Prezi. Shout out to Prezi. I had to give a plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more before we begin, and then we'll do some more questions. Uh, I launched Retro Rebound just this past week. It's my retro gaming channel. Uh, normally, we don't like self promo here that much. We just try to get into the show and what you're asking us in the news as soon as possible, but. Uh, it's at 5K subs. It's doing really well Ooh. for my personal standards. Uh, we're we're growing it. And I just love if you have an opportunity, check it out. I'm pretty proud of the work there. Lockmore's doing the editing. So if you're familiar with his work here on LSM, uh, you'll like what we're doing there. And we have a lot of videos stacked up. Videos go live every Monday and Thursday. And again, Retro Rebound, if you want to check it out, I would really appreciate it. It's pinned on my Twitter. Uh, it's over on my YouTube channel, listed as the only featured channel there, mm -hmm. selfishly. So with that... Checking it let's out right now. Some warm up questions. All, All right, right, let's go. I'm subscribing right now. All right, let's do there it. There we go. There we go. There we go. Growth, slow but steady. <laughs> That's how it happens. Yeah, let's hit the analytics. All right. Number one comes from Zach Yearwood. Hey, Maddie and Cog, and of course Jeff. It's the most wonderful time of the year for weebs such as yourself, Maddie. It's TGS season. We all know that we shouldn't expect news from Xbox's event stream for TGS. However, there are still possibilities for some third-party announcements that may occur during other streams. Do we finally get Persona 5 announced for Xbox or Sega's new JRPG to come to Xbox as well? Your thoughts? Have a weeb-tacular day, guys. So this is like three weeks in a row. We've been hitting Japan and mm -hmm. Xbox. But now we got a fresh idea here with Jeff. I, I want to pass it to you right away. What, what yeah. are you feeling about Xbox, Japan, JRPGs, and, and where they're trending? It's such a... They run so hot and cold, right? Where... um. 
it seems like Square Enix likes Game Pass. It seems like uh, they're into the idea, but uh, when Square Enix announces a bunch of new games, a lot of times Xbox still gets left out, right? So um, it, it's it's weird where they're, they're still in that weird in-between in space. The Xbox doing good historically in Japan. Like when you look at uh, historic tra like trajectories for these consoles, did very poorly with the you know the previous two consoles. Now it seems like this one is is gonna outsell the Xbox One in its first year or something in Japan. Like mm. so. Like there's an audience there, and a lot of that has to do with the pandemic. Uh, J Japanese gamers are playing a lot more games, uh, and so they're like looking for anything, and the the Xbox is there, so they're going for it. But um, in terms of then that translating into support from developers and publishers for uh, content, that I think that's mostly going to have to come down to Microsoft making those deals, getting those things on Game Pass to the point where that's like, okay, that is what's actually going to make it move. I do think Microsoft is still interested in doing a lot of that. That adds a lot of variety and flavor to Game Pass, and we've already seen that be pretty successful with stuff like Dragon Quest and a few yes. others that, that have really stuck out. And I think you can expect to see more of that. Whether or, not, whether or not that turns into Persona 5 getting announced for console and coming to Game Pass right away at Tokyo Game Show, I, I don't know. I'm hopeful, but I, I think that there's um, a good chance you might have to still wait a little bit longer for that. And also that relies on Sega and Atlas kind of getting their act together, and I'm not I'm not too confident about that either. So, Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Cog, what about you, man? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we, we talked about this prior. You know, my whole thing is obviously they're making strides in the region. You know, but I do want to keep my expectations in check here, you know, as far as my, you know, grandiose, oh, they're going to buy Sega or something like, <laughs> no, I don't necessarily see anything big. But for me, you know, what would be nice, like I say, like like Jeff eloquently said, you know, um, if there was any way, you know, Sega Atlas and, and can get this persona thing going, because I think it would be a huge boon. You know, we, we know they're trying with Gay Pass very hard. I, I still champion the fact that they have uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon initially as an exclusive kind of uh, launch window title, well, times exclusive. And then, um, you know, eventually that came into the service as well as the entire line. So they're making strides, you know, to really really encourage that audience to, to partake in Game Pass with those styles of games and the JRPGs. But that's what I'm hoping for. What about you, Matty? What are you seeing? What are you thinking? It's funny. Atlas is one of the weirdest companies to study because yeah. I, I know a lot of fans feel this way about pretty much any company under the sun where if they were ran the way fans wanted them to be ran, they would be very happy, although it's not realistic. But Atlas does yeah. things like, for example, there were a lot of people very upset about how they celebrated their 25th anniversary and they started it off. They confirmed they're going to be doing like seven different announcements related to persona and they started off with like wallpapers on their yeah, website and people right. were just sitting there going <laughs> got it Kills and people me. were just like you know okay maybe we didn't want persona 3 remake or something but wallpapers <laughs> really so i'm not expecting much of tgs when it comes to sega or atlas the reason for that too is because i feel like just last year atlas and sega collectively realized hey if we re-release these old persona games People will buy them. Yes. Uh, we just saw this year that Persona 4 Golden passed a million sales on right. Steam alone. Right. So it's like now they're going, oh, we could probably port other things now, which Sega then eventually said they're going to. Uh, we don't know what those games will be. It's only a matter of time. But I do feel like you'll eventually see Persona go to PlayStation first and Xbox is probably punted further down the road if History continues to repeat itself, and as Jeff said, you know, Xbox kind of keeps getting left out, but eventually getting roped in. Yeah. 
I, I think there's a chance that Persona 4 Golden is the thing that maybe happens sooner rather than later. Uh, I feel mm. like that is going to come to consoles after uh, after hitting Steam and doing very well. Uh, it, it's There's still a lot of other options there, Xbox being one of them, but um, you know, Switch also being very obvious as a, as a home for that game. Yes. Just port that same game over. Uh, call it a day. Call that one of the big announcements for this Persona event that's going to happen over the next 18 months or whatever they said it was going to be. Um, and then wait a little bit longer before you move Persona, Persona 5 somewhere else. I, I could see them doing that. I agree. Especially Persona 5 on Switch way before even Xbox yeah. fans started demanding it. That was right. that was the place Forever. that everyone wanted it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then they did Royal and like Royal never came to Switch. So right. yep. Strikers eventually did. They said it was something with the engine. I don't know. It's It's a really strange situation there. But... We'll see as time goes on. We'll cover whatever breaks from TGS in the coming month. And I'm sure we'll get some news. Xbox will be there, although they're not doing big announcements. I'm sure we'll see some exciting games there. Nonetheless, let's get into Nick Brandau as our second question. Hey, gents, as someone who often went back to older titles when hearing they got FPS boost or an Xbox One X update, I've been a bit bummed, but the lack of, by sorry, the lack of updates and additions to backwards compatibility and backward looking features. Any chance Microsoft reinvents those efforts to improve the experience of games from the ever growing back catalog? So, yeah, we saw a lot of FPS boost games, for example, and they just sort of slowed down after the, I want to say, 90 or so with EA and Bethesda. And so here we are now. Jeff, I'll pass it to you again. What do you think is going on right now with, with FPS boost? Uh, I think it's something where they are still pretty heavily investing in in that technology. I think that we should see it in more and more games. I think a big part of it is... um yeah, that that's a relatively small team. They they do they're well funded and they they uh, they know that this is their their bread and butter. But they also I think they work on a lot of different stuff. So uh, a, a lot of it is like okay, hurry up and wait. Where all right, we're going to get this technology done. We're going to work on it, and then uh, what do we do next? Well, now we have to wait for the other teams to go out and like confirm with all these other developers and publishers that we can actually implement this technology into their game. And so we got to wait around wait around for that to happen, and then we can keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know causes a lot of bottlenecks. And I think when that happens, these teams start working on other projects working on other things that they can be spending their time on i think that you know they are also very interested in looking back at ways to bring xbox and xbox 3 more xbox and xbox 360 games to xbox series x and have them get similar sort of boosts and maybe different kinds of boost um i know they've done they've done the fps boost i think they're really looking at ways to do resolution boosting with a similar sort of ai uh, in machine learning technology but that like once they start doing that they're going to really invest in that fully but they're also not sure if that's going to be worth the you know is that juice worth worth the squeeze there where the real reason we're doing this is to get more stuff on Game Pass. And when you do that with stuff, when you're bringing stuff from the Xbox One forward, that makes some sense. There's a lot of games there that that, that while they are, you know, going on 10 years old, they don't feel that old. Um, and then you have stuff on Xbox 360. Okay, that's starting to feel a little bit older. And uh, people might be saying that, okay, that's interesting. I will try it. But it's not why I'm going to get Game Pass. And the same thing with Xbox. So there's a lot of things that they're considering there. I still think they are overall pretty interested in keeping this program going, though. All right. What about you, Cock? Yeah, man. I mean, I, Jeff just on fire with that. I, I I agree. I think it's obviously a priority as far as resources with that specific team. You know what? What I see when, when my interactions with the team and stuff like that, it's also 
priority as far as sometimes there's technical challenges, you know, that, that are presented because I believe um, initially when I think Fallout 4, a couple of uh, games that were announced with FPS boost, you know, sometimes we actually we had Jason Ronald on ILB and, and we, were, we were speaking to him and there was some, sometimes it's not just about, okay, hey, why isn't this getting prioritized and stuff like that? It, you, you have to see every aspect of the game and to make sure there's compatibility and technical challenges that don't cause any type of game breaking bugs that will affect it. So that also so it comes down to also then working with the developer and stuff like that. I think they will come to, you know, to his question. You know, I, I think that it's more of a situation of, like you said, prioritization. And then the other thing, too, is um, I also think there, like Jeff said, there's other techniques and things with machine learning that they're also working on. So they're just trying to split up resources, what's going on. But the thing I want to definitely want to get across, which I will continue to get across, is we need to see the greatest 900p game Oh, we need to see oh. that rise to the room, and I'm gonna beat that drum, <laughs> and I'm never gonna stop. <laughs> I need that rock. Cause look, man, greatest Ron's 900 p game of all time, of all time, brother. Like I still like that game. I thought it's Me one too. of those good like launch games. Yep. You get a new console, it shows off the power, and you get mesmerized. Yeah, there was a lot of Q2Es in the same enemies, but yeah. oh yeah, there the were. The potential was there. The potential, you know what I'm saying? So I that's like the one I'm champion for. Yeah, I mean, look, that is probably if they do what Jeff said with the resolution boost, that's probably one of the first games they should go to right yeah. it already looked amazing in 900p imagine you bump that up to 4k <sighs> if they could find a way that would be 4K incredible looking mm -hmm. oh. yeah that would be a great showcase of it i think it's interesting how they've been handling it because we heard them announce like a huge batch with 90 plus games and they did like a one-off with dark souls 3 because yes. that was one of the most rec uh, requested games and it's just really interesting because there isn't a pattern to right. it. It's just like when they got something to announce or they got something that they think is big, they'll show it off. I think now we're getting close to the anniversary where you have to wonder at times if they could synchronize something there Ooh. or I don't know, man, because like otherwise you've got Halo that month or I'm sorry, in that coming month mm -hmm. uh, in December. And I feel like things are going to get busy for them as the year goes deeper. So it's like, do you do the FPS boost stuff earlier than that, like October uh, that's why I've always been trying to figure out with Xbox is their timing and stuff. Like I didn't expect, we'll talk about it later in the news, but this week there's like, oh, Avengers is coming, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's just like a random Tuesday announcement. Like the, the most consistent day for them I've noticed is Wednesdays, but beyond that, they just kind of speak when something's ready. So yeah. to answer Nick's question in full, I, I just think there isn't a pattern at all uh, across the board. They just announce stuff when it's ready. Yeah, you can't rely on patterns. They, they're they human yeah. beings. They're messy. They're going to get stuff done when, when it's done. That's real. Yeah, yeah. that's real. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, third question goes to beloved Emperor, Dear Dukes, and maybe Special Nick's other half, Jeff Grubb. <laughs> I, need, I need some backstory on that. <laughs> I backstory on that. I, he says that we, uh, I think he calls me his boyfriend, is what yes, it is. So. Yes, yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. congratulations. Yes, Thank you, I appreciate it. I was on Xbox so era with, with, with Nick, and I, I've heard the yeah. connotation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the connotation. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate you saying those sweet things about me and my boy. <laughs> no, yeah. Listen, man. It's all love, man. Love is Yeah, love, of course. Brother. Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. <laughs> no doubt. Longtime listener, first time conveyor of questions. Welcome. 
Should Xbox be looking into the creation of a new studio slash the building of another team for an existing studio like Playground or Insomniac with the express purpose of building a family-friendly mascot platformer? Should Xbox try to poach talent from Toys for Bob, given the news from earlier this year that the studio is now on Warzone support duty? Just imagining that some developers at that studio might still want to make mascot platformers after Crash 4, not skins for Warzone. Thanks for all the content you guys provide. P.S. Maddie. I hope you have a rainy on the Autobahn and Forza kind of day. Cog, may you and the other Iron Lords continue to grow fat from strength and opulence as Lord Callus wishes. Congrats on reaching 10K subs on YouTube. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Much, much appreciated. And I love the Callus Destiny reference. That's actually a favorite <laughs> reference of mine. So, so Bro, I was telling you on Twitter, I don't know anything about <laughs> Destiny. So it's just another language like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I literally thought that was someone from like BC days when, you, <laughs> when I read that. I'm not even kidding. here. Yeah, it's funny watching you, man. He, like analyze my destiny tweets because I can tell like you don't know what the hell is I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's Get up just start like, responding. What is this man saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just start responding to him to be like, looks cool, man. Like he's like really hyping you up, like being that supportive mom. Like yeah, no, go son. No, keep being you, bro. I actually love it. I love it because it, it, it makes me look at myself like yeah, I can see how someone doesn't know what this is or what's going on. But yeah, salute, salute the beloved emperor. I'll, I'll jump in real quick if you don't. Yeah, mind. please. Um, yeah, salute the beloved emperor again to, to 10k. Bunch love again i want to thank you both of you gentlemen and you've both been in the realm you know yourselves and i really appreciate it because I, I definitely like the fact that we can bring different people together and you know they feel comfortable and safe in the platform but to the question um as far as um the whole family friendly thing yeah i agree you know I, i've been i've been on this thing where the Xbox community is a little mad with me, you know, where mm. I say... You too. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't it interesting when everyone's yeah. mad at you? <laughs> so it's like, you know, for me, I always say, you know how I'm on my hashtag just one, right? Which is mm -hmm. that third person, narrative driven, over the shoulder, new IP, right? Mm -hmm. And then I look at the Xbox catalog and they're doing great. This is not knocking. They have probably one of the most diverse catalogs in the way they have their software lineup coming out. But I do feel there are some deficiencies, and one of them is family-friendly games, fighting games, that kind of thing. And to me, it always helps to improve. I just funny when I hear the pushback. Don't I don't want you copying this and Sony and don't like. To me, it's a deficiency. You want all different genres so you get more people mm -hmm. in the ecosystem. But to the question, yeah, I, I, like whatever you know methods they go about trying to get either family friendly or mascot platform basically the nintendo bag getting something with kids you want them in this ecosystem you know big time another thing we talked about maddie is obviously you know if there was any potential with wb and i believe it's uh, what is it traveler's tale or yes yeah like yeah the lego games it, that that's why i was all about if you know the hypothetical wb acquisition because th that under that umbrella would also serve a need along with netherrealm with fighting and that's why i picked that but i'm curious with, with jeff and you have to say in reference to the whole you know family friendly kind of things for the xbox yeah all you jeff yeah I, I, it's um making a new studio to make family friendly games i i it makes sense on paper i think we're seeing with uh with um the initiative starting a new studio is a lot of work and you might need help there anyhow so uh you know if you're willing to to immediately bring in support studios to help you out with that stuff that's possible i think what might make more sense is to really just kind of uh, mutate the question into say okay instead of starting a brand new studio let's have double fine or let's have rare 
start a new studio and like have it like be under their wing. So, you know, you have your headquarters right now. Let's start a second office in another city that, ha that is talent rich, uh, you know, whether it's Montreal or Austin or something like that, wh wherever. Uh, but you start a second studio. It's going to be under your banner. Uh, it will, will likely use some of the IPs that you're familiar with, but maybe something else. Maybe this maybe this is how we get Banjo-Kazooie back or something like that. I think that makes uh, some more sense where like you can take some of the existing talent from these studios, have them work like work on multiple projects at a time, because there's a lot of jobs at studios where, you know, you're sitting around for years waiting for something to do because the, the person that comes up with the art hasn't done anything yet. So let's let's start staggering these people to work back and forth instead of like just having them kind of, okay, maybe you're on CFDs for a while, and now you're kind of waiting for the next thing to come along while we figure out well, whatever Wild is. I think that's not a great use of their time. So I, I think, yeah, have Rare start a second uh, an office, you know, to work on family-friendly games specifically, mm -hmm. and then build it up from there. I think that would make more sense. 100%. Took the words out of my mouth. Like, Rare was the immediate pick in my head because... Mm -hmm. The thing is, is I was, I think, underestimating Banjo's staying power a little bit. Like, I know how popular and meaningful it was many years back, yeah. but when it got announced again for Switch Online, the N64 version Ooh. there, I think that was probably the most significant one that people were talking yeah. about. They were they were so shocked that, um, of course, that Rare, and I'm sure Xbox had some type of involvement there, getting that game over onto Switch, even though it was available on Rare Replay, I thought was incredible to see, and people were very excited about it. And I was thinking to myself... I think Xbox is sitting on something here. I think yes. if this was one of the games that they remade, people would be 100% for it. I mean, there's a lot of games that they cover from that entire history, but I feel like Banjo is the most obvious one for a remake of some kind. And yeah, if you could, of course, in a, in a, in a perfect world, poach talent from a company that did a great job with a famous IP like Crash Bandicoot, of course, that'd be great. But if you've got Double Fine, who did a, a phenomenal 3D platformer this year, and you've got Rare, who's kind of holding the IP, I could totally see a co-development effort there that would work wonderfully. Yeah. And it, it would be with an IP that makes a lot of sense. So I think everyone's in agreement um, across the community that they need something family-friendly. It's really a matter of time because they need, they need to address it. But it's like, do they address it quickly with a purchase? We, like Cog mentioned, we talked about Warner Bros. with Traveler's Tales and getting some Lego games in there. Or do you do something a little bit more, I'd say, sincere, uh, a little bit more long-term and start building Banjo for a new audience many years later? Mm -hmm. Fair enough. We'll see. Fourth question goes to Nandin Patil. Hello, Matty Cog and Jeff. What is the process behind getting those insider scoops and stories? <laughs> Are you the ones who make first contact with your sources or do they get in touch with you? Do you have random and unknown sources each time or are they people that you've been in contact with for a long time? How do you go about validating this info? And how do you decide if something is newsworthy, whether it's just deciding whether it's irrelevant irre enough, sorry, or deciding whether you want to leak this particular piece of information? Thanks and have a great day. Now, Jeff, of course, this question's mostly for you. I've had some information, but uh, you answer it to, to your comfort level. But I'm just I'm yeah. very curious as to your process, because there were like, I think something like Dead Space where I'm like, wow, he kind of just broke that. Like we now yeah, know kinda. about that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I just want to know, like, how do you make that decision? And of course, the, the, the process behind it. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's it's different every time. It's different with every game. Um, and and that means honestly, sometimes it goes with my mood. I don't do I, like with Dead Space specifically. I think is a good example. I'm like, man, that's that's their one last thing. Like we knew it was their one last thing, and we're sitting on it. And I'm talking with Mike, and we're talking on the podcast, and we don't have like uh, the hundreds of thousands of listeners. We got like like 
I think we get like 2,000, 3,000 listens a week or something. We're not a huge podcast. So I'm like sitting there just having a conversation with Mike. We're not saying the name. He does say the word dead. So that definitely gave it away. But like people <laughs> just took it and they're like, this is dead space. It's 100% that. And then a bunch of people wrote the story. And I was like, dang, I think we, I wish I kind of would have just sat on that one and hopefully let them get to the point where they could announce it as their one last thing. I would have preferred that. I, and I, in that case, it's like, but what it is a lot of times is I want to be uh, using this news as an opportunity to explain things to the audience. In that case, it's like, yeah, I could do that, but I, I'll be able to do that after Dead Space gets announced. We could talk about why they're doing it. All that still be fine. That's what I did. I ended up writing a story after that kind of explained like how the game got greenlit, why, why EA was feeling comfortable about it. And that story did really well. People want to know that stuff. And that's where I want to be because that's where I feel the most comfortable. Right. But there's definitely situations where it's like, okay, you know, this is a big news story. It's it's valuable. I know other people know it. So, I, you know, if I can get the confirmation before anyone else, I think I probably will go with it. And I, I don't ever really feel great about um, about uh, undercutting someone's work who's working at a place. Then they're going to make have a big announcement. I, I never feel good about this, but I don't I don't write for them. I don't write for them that that is not my job. My job is to write for the readers. And that has to be my first concern. And if it uh, sure. if it does undercut somebody's job, I, I feel bad. But it's not, I, you know, that's part of the job, too, is feeling bad. And then as for how this like how to get the information in the first place, it's it's messy. It's not there's no one way to do it. Games mess. Yes, it's games mess. Exactly. Uh, and and th there's there's a lot of people who like once you get a few stories under your belt, they'll reach out to you and you can't confirm any of it. And sometimes it's right. Some mm -hmm. a lot of times it's wrong, though. And um, a lot of the times that stuff is bouncing around what is basically like just a a, a, a ring of people who are considered <laughs> insiders and they're just bouncing the same story back and forth, and back and forth. And you you don't know how, how many like games a telephone it's been through. You just cannot rely on that stuff at all. And so it's really hard to um, to take that as like, you know, something you could print or even say on a podcast. And I don't. So what I do is I, if I hear something, I have a set of a set of sources that I can go to and say, hey, what, what have you heard about this? And if they know, I am mm. pretty certain that there's something there and that I could follow up on it check in with another source and say, hey, okay, I'm hearing from this and this and this, and you know, never saying I'm hearing from this person. I'm saying, I'm hearing from this direction that this thing is happening. I'm able to sort of uh, uh, confirm and double confirm and stuff like that. But in the end, it's usually almost always about like, okay, can I use this information to explain something about games to people? And uh, a lot of times that still gets let out, left out of the headlines and mm -hmm. left out of like what happens on Twitter because Twitter takes those headlines from other sources and stuff like that. But if you come to the source and sure. the conversation that we're having, it's almost always like, here's why this is happening. Here's why these decisions are being made. And that's the stuff I actually find the most fascinating. That's what I do on yeah, Grub, I, Grub Snacks I saw now. you did that with... Um with the initiative and, and crystal yes. dynamics, you recently just published an article about that. Just saying like, yeah, it's just as simple and boring as I yep. think people are saying. Yep. It, it's, it, you know, and I went and I just did some little bit of reporting there, just double checking. And even the people I was checking with, they're like, yeah, that does seem weird. Oh, you know, we'll see what's happening. And they come back and like, Oh, there's not really much there. It's like exactly what it looks like. If you were sort of like, Hey, Occam's razor, what's happening here. Oh, okay. This company just, was about to ramp up. They it's hard to hire people right now, so instead they're just going to bring in Crystal Dynamics, who wasn't doing anything weirdly. Um, and that's the side of the story that I wish I could get more info on. But I'm working on that. But that's tough. It's a little bit more difficult yeah. for me. Yeah, oh, salute, definitely. Yeah, salute to you, Jeff, on that again. Uh, you know, Thanks. I follow you for a while and. You know, a lot of t it's funny. Uh, it's funny when the fanboys get mad <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, you, you know, do? what are you, you know what you gonna yeah. do? And then it come. What happens is I, I see this the cycle. Then it you know they lash. Oh, it's no way. And then da, 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 and then it actually happens, and it ends up being verified and true. And then yep. I'm just like, oh, I hope the energy is gonna be the same. Oh, it never <laughs> on, will on be. The no. On the Twitter timeline. No, it never will be. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that they always go back to uh, Xbox Live Gold going free, which is yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely 100% still on the timeline. They are going to do that one day. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but but you know, you know, I didn't give a good time frame for that, so I get it. And then uh, the, right now, the Kojima thing. I'm waiting for. Okay, I, I've only ever said that Kojima and Microsoft were discussing things. I never said that the deal was fully closed, but they did come to an agreement. And I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop on that one because I think that'll be a pretty big deal once that actually does happen. So oh, absolutely, yeah. See, yeah. man, that's the big one for me. That's the one that I got visualized <laughs> in my head. I got. Yeah, the who knows awards. what it'll be? But Bro, yeah, I already visualized. I'm running with yep. your stuff. <laughs> your imagination yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jeff grubb told me <laughs> yeah right i didn't say shit what are you talking about i didn't do shit Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt no doubt good question good question man yeah on my end it's it's a pretty similar thing i obviously would get less emails and mm -hmm. and stuff but it, it typically is like the you can smell the bullshit from a mile away yeah. and because I'm not like a known reporter and I do have a limited portfolio if you, if you will, of, of credible leaks, most of them revolving around KOTOR. You know, it's one of those situations where it always begins with like, someone will give you data. You'll be like, I'm going to sit on this. You'll see it get announced or it will be real. And then you go back to them later and you're like, okay, so what else can yes, you tell me? And that's, yeah. that's typically what, what happened with me with, with KOTOR and um, Xbox to a smaller extent, but you know, beyond that, like, I, I remember one time I'd shared in an earlier episode of Define Duke, like, yeah, Xbox was going to kind of lean more in the Lucasfilm direction. And I had shared what I had heard because it seemed like that person had been accurate multiple times in the past. And then you see, like, well, KOTOR is now with uh, PlayStation. And that was a deal that I was told, like, yeah, Xbox was in on that. But they sort of just, like, mm. backed out effectively um, to some extent. And so uh, it was one of those things where it's like, well, I guess that was not inaccurate but now like are they in on something else right. and, and those are the questions that you just sort of have to leave up in the yep. air and it's what happens when you actually report a little bit too soon yes definitely happened is that has happened to me a bunch of times i think that happened to me with with mass effect right with mass yeah. effect was gonna um get oh, announced yeah, in october and it got delayed and i'm like guys it, it did get delayed i'm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not like trying to jerk you around here but mm -hmm. everyone's like oh that was just wrong i'm like well it was right until it wasn't like that's how it goes <laughs> yeah. sometimes i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. Well, thank you for sharing some of that. I'm sure a lot of people were very curious about your yeah, process. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate people asking. It's something like I don't get to talk about all, all that much. I kind of just do the process and people like they gather what what, the, what they see when I'm actually doing it, like on Grub Snacks or something. But then when people actually ask about it, I think they're like, OK, that makes some sort of sense. And I get it. Like I said, it's messy. It's you figure out each time anew. I actually got one yeah. last question before we move on. Je like, Jeff, do you have you ever had a situation like internally where it's like, Either the team or that the, or the game or something that's been revealed, or like he's like really angry, and you yeah. get like that nasty mail. How uh -huh. dare you spoil our? How dare you, Jeff Grubb? Yeah, it's never. It's it's always framed framed as um, you're putting a lot of pressure on the team. And I'm like, oh, damn, yeah. I didn't mean it. Like, it's not what I'm trying to do here. Like, I, I, it's, mm -hmm. I, that is not my intent. I get it. I, it's an unintended consequence. I take responsibility for it. Absolutely. But I, at the same time, I, I just explained to them what I explained the first thing I said. I write for the readers and they want to know this stuff. And um, I try to find the right justifications. I know it's it, at a certain point, it's my own morality and that's what it Definitely. is. But it is, I'm like, if I can use this as a teaching opportunity for my audience, I will do it. Mm -hmm. Now, Dead Space, they were, that one wasn't great. They weren't too happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I did it. And I didn't even mean to. It just happened. Like, it was on the podcast. It just happened. And I'm like, shit. So, but yeah, they were pretty upset about that. But I don't blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. EA probably in general is just a little like, you know, with Dragon Age, Mass Effect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I've definitely like tried to like 
scale it back too with EA. I'm like doing less, and so when that's that's what I was thinking. Like when um when uh, the the Dead Space thing was happening, it's like, all right, definitely got him with all that other stuff. I'll just let him have this announcement. And then <laughs> I can't even look at that. I'm like, it was like I'm a bad person. That's what I am. So. <laughs> let him live, Jeff. Let I know. Him live. I, I yeah. I, I, I'm like I'm, that's what the conversation was that actually leaked it. I'm like I'm like Mike was like, hey, can we say this? And I'm like. No, we're gonna save that one. It's like, yeah, and then he said, made some joke about, oh, well, I guess we'll we'll be dead first or something like that. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Mike, no. But whatever, yeah, the, whatever. The it's my fault. Yeah. Fire, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Number five. We'll get into the news afterwards. Matt Sloan writes in, "Hey Dukes, hope you're having a terrible day. I'd love to know your impressions <laughs> on Halo multiplayer. From what I've seen of it, looked like a COD-like game with the gunplay, or has it just been modernized? Keep up the good work, guys, and keep fucking that chicken. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we just had another flight test this pack past weekend with Halo Infinite. Of course, after big team battle, myself, Cog, and we'll ask Chris to uh, unite once again for another Halo Infinite talk, but." Did either of you get a chance to play this past weekend on the on the newest PvP flight? I did not. I I was too busy this past weekend to actually get a chance to play it. So I, I was like, right. I, what it was? I got like uh, the the faint in feel Like I was about to start playing it, and everyone's like, oh, they showed it off, and I'm like, it's Saturday night. It's not going to go on Sunday. And I'm like, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll make plans for Sunday and do other stuff. And then I'm like, oh wait, it's still going today. And by the time I realized it, it was too late for me to like go download it and right. everything. So yeah, I didn't get a chance. Right. Yeah, for me, just a couple of Plenty matches. Time. Yeah, I. I I, I purposely rationed myself. That is an addiction. Yeah. I love the gameplay, the grapple hook. Bro, it's just, it's bad. I know when I love something <laughs> and I'm just like, I got to stop because this is not the full retail thing. And then the other reason why I stopped myself early is big team battle this week and that's the one i really want yeah that seems like a lot of fun i'm definitely gonna be there for that yeah i want to sink my hooks into it man sure. but you know man i saw some clips there you know man you, know, you out here shooting things uh. and <laughs> looking at details and the fanboys all mad at you and comparing details <laughs> Dude, to wait, other is the details. fruit is the fruit is the fruit animated did they oh, animate the fruit back yeah fruit back we got usa the fruit. <laughs> now it's vehicle gate man vehicle gate man. boy man. all i did right. was passive video youtube has this weird thing now where i'll go on to my you know my home menu and it's now just recommending these like 11 second clips of random things from whether it be eight months ago or like recently and so one was called halo infinite's vehicle damage details really cool i'm like oh what is this it's 11 seconds long and i think that's the idea is they get you to click on it because it's like oh whatever what is this keeps you on the platform mm -hmm. and so i look and it's just this guy standing there with a with a pistol and he's just shooting the uh, ghost and you're seeing like over time the detail of the paint on the ghost is fading away and underneath it is like this whole other texture and it's just happening like as you fire away on it and i was looking at it going like, oh hey that's pretty cool so i just grabbed the clip i downloaded i i, I credit this guy with his link i uploaded my twitter i'm like hey this is some really cool level of detail that is in halo infinite because I, I think honestly at the end of the day like there is levels of destruction that should be there but like i think like per pistol shot it doesn't really matter yeah. um so i was thinking to myself like oh i'll just share this i'm sure some people will find it cool it ends up blowing up mm -hmm. right and then I don't know who quote tweets it or wrote, oh, retweets it. I don't even bother digging, but like, oh my God, man. It's been brutal in my mentions. <laughs> like, just like, UX bots are happy with anything. Oh my it God. It looks like sandpaper. <laughs> I was like, I'm just like, I'm just sharing a fucking clip, man. <laughs> it's just out. a fucking clip. Don't <laughs> play a game or touch some grass. Jesus. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, why did I wasn't even upset. It's it just I, I told him last week, Cog. I told him last week. I said, bring it on. They brought it. Oh, yeah. You was about to smoke. I saw you. I saw you. You was about to smoke. Salute to you. It's just funny because it's like, 
I just miss the days where you just put a, a, a clip up and you're just celebrating because you're happy. Right? Yeah, like, it's always like, like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, it, it's you can't do it. Nah, bro, that sucks. The reason because it's, it's yeah. new. It doesn't compare to the last. And I'm like, what are we doing? Mm. And, but it's like, it's like this was, I did not intend to have this conversation with you at all. I was like, <laughs> I'm just that. like, I like this thing. And you're like, you like, oh, this says bad things about you as a person. <laughs> like, I'm, okay, there's an option now to switch this tweet replies from anyone to only people I mentioned. All right, now. I'm gonna go enjoy my dinner. Like that's what I'm doing. Like now, I'm like I don't just get out of here. Yeah, yeah it just yeah. it got insane real fast. You're able to mute tweets on Twitter, right? Yes. So like if you mute, yeah, a tweet, mute threads you can and get stuff. Yeah. yeah, I do mute the conversation. I I live oh, off that. Man. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, got man. To. I got to do that because yeah. holy smokes, I got battles. War yeah, being waged back under and forth. A tweet. Oh, my oh God. yeah, yeah, yeah. They going into oh, technical my. aspects of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but on the uh, Halo yes, yes. multiplayer preview, yeah, I did play some of it again because uh, they added a new map. They added like strongholds as a mode. They added uh, captured a flag as a mode. And what I walked away with, you know, as I wanted to make sure we, we put it here in our episode sure. because uh, I remember you and I, Cog, were very skeptical about this game on a campaign front, yeah. and we, we don't know how monetization will play out. Uh, so we, we want to remain cautious of that. But when it came to the actual mechanics, top to bottom now, like after playing it again, I'm like, this is really sound. This is extremely fun. And if anything, we'll have a really solid fundamental base for the multiplayer. Uh, already seeing clips of people playing with all the toys they give you in different yeah. ways. I saw someone shoot a skewer into one of those jump lifts mm -hmm. and the skewer came back and they used a repulsor to like bounce it into Ooh. someone else and kill them. Like there's just crazy stuff that you can do. And who knows if that'll happen, but there's a lot of potential there where you can pick it up and on a base level, like a grapple shot, I'm going to hit this wall and zip around the corner. Mm -hmm. Or someone who I saw threw a grenade to the bottom of a, of a, I think it was a warthog. They blew up the warthog, grapple shot the warthog, went above the map and sniped someone in midair. Like there's just yeah, I love crazy it. shit that's just happening that I'll never do. Yeah, but, I mean, but, the, but the fact that the sandbox makes it possible, that potential energy is so important to a game like this for me. Mm -hmm. It's why I liked PUBG, honestly. I was like, PUBG is a mess. I get it. But the shooting is really accurate and good. The sound is great. And it's a playground, it's a playground, a sandbox where anything can happen. You can throw a grenade up a hill and it will roll back down at you. And it's like, you just didn't predict that that was gonna happen, but you have to account for anything. It's like this, it's this really kinetic world. And um, I think that's what this Halo seems like it's really nailing. It's like, yeah. you feel like anything is possible and that makes you wanna keep going back in to see what's gonna happen next. Yeah, I yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's why for me, it was that the maps were, even though they only gave us really four maps to go through, I never had an issue with that because it's the ways that you can play with it. Like I was watching Chris Reagan mm -hmm. put some clips up on his Twitter mm -hmm. and in, uh, I forgot the name of the map. It's the, it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, where you have that like little tube section that you can crawl through mm -hmm. and he shot like a grapple shot through it and it was like a shortcut now, yes. which was only accessible Whoa. through there. I was like, oh, I, was like, I didn't even think of that. So now you can get from one end of the map to the other really fast and i just think there's so much potential in that and the navigation and and the encounters uh, that they're always going to be different and that's what i think is going to really separate this game where again this doesn't mean that the campaign's going to be good this doesn't right. mean that music's going to be incredible right. that it's going to be fairly monetized but on a gameplay front as long as they keep of course like bs gadgets out of it that none of it's pay to win we, we have mm -hmm. to trust them on that but fundamentally speaking right now, I feel very confident in the gameplay core. Like it's very, 
very fun. Yeah, and I, just to double down on that, I mean, it, it, it's one of the reasons why I kind of stopped myself because I'm having so much fun. The possibilities in the sandbox are tremendous. And again, we were fortunate to have, you know, 343 on, Patrick Ren, see your multiplayer. The thing about the multiplayer, it, it inspires so much confidence, right? I know me and you, man, we have our concerns with the campaign mm -hmm. and lack of co-op mm -hmm. at launch, lack of features that at too. launch, right? Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, when you when we talk to him and you hear these things from the team and how they added to the complexity of the game, to me, I'll be honest, the multiplayer impressed so much, it relieved me a bit about the other things. Those things still, other things have to deliver on a single player front, but that's what is it. And the famous line, he's like, it's a Halo-ass Halo game. I'm like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I, I feel it. So salute to them. They're killing that aspect. That's the part I'm the, you know, I'm not too worried about. I'm not too yeah, worried the about the multiplayer with Halo. Yeah, when yeah, I said that, no, when I said really Halo S, Halo game, uh, when I was like first talking about it, I, mm -hmm. I said it like, I'm not sure. Is this what people want? Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm like, it seems like it would have happened there as I actually saw like the entire E3 presentation like yeah. months ahead of time. I'm like, not like weeks. And I'm looking, I'm like, that's a Halo S, Halo game. And and then wow. I'm like, and I was like, not sure. <laughs> it was weeks, weeks, actually. Yeah, it was weeks. But, okay. um, and I'm like, school. And I'm like looking at this thing and I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. But it's uh, once people saw it and they're like, I actually talked to a Halo fan. I'm like, here's what I saw. Here's what happens. He's like, that sounds really good. I'm like, oh, okay. All right then. And then people started coming around like, yeah, I want a Halo S Halo game. I'm like, okay, thank you for telling me that. I had no idea. I'm like, never been a real big Halo guy, but seeing the people react to this and then actually playing that first flight, I'm like, okay, I see what people are looking forward to from this. It, it is like a breath of fresh air in a really weird way where it's, I think uh, the question I ask, oh, is it like Call of Duty now? That's not that's not the vibe I'm getting. The last one no, seemed more like Call of Duty than this one. This one does feel like it is going back to being Halo, at least on the multiplayer side. And again, you guys keep mentioning the campaign. Mm -hmm. Who knows? No one knows. No one seems to know what's going to happen with that. So if you have um, right now, all, all the evidence we have to base our, our expectations on are these flights. And when it comes to that, I'm pretty confident. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll see. Number one on the news now, let's get into it. Arriving on Xbox Game Pass September 30th, or if you're a free listener, it'll already be available, is Marvel's Avengers from developer Crystal Dynamics. That developer should sound familiar as they have been tasked with helping Xbox First Party Studio the initiative in developing Perfect Dark. Now the studio's latest release has been added to the service for console, PC, and cloud. It will come packed with all of its DLC, including the recently released War for Wakanda expansion. Interestingly, Daryl Gallagher... Uh, sits as the studio head of the initiative. This came after a stint of being studio head at Crystal Dynamics from 2009 to 2016. Alex Watson writes in, hey there, Dukes. So what exactly do you think the role of Crystal Dynamics is serving on P Perfect Dark? I see a lot of people on Twitter saying this is totally normal and giving the example that Naughty Dog worked with 13 plus external studios on The Last of Us Part Two, But those comparisons seem off base as I'm sure Naughty Dog wasn't outsourcing to say Rockstar. They were going to studios that specifically do support work. So given that the initiative is working with such a talented and high profile studio, what do you think the dynamic will be? I'm thinking this will very much be a full collaboration with Crystal giving input on design, story, etc. Final decisions and disputes will of course be settled by the initiative. But I'm thinking Crystal is a full partner here, which sounds great to me. Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Alex. There's a lot to digest here, gentlemen. Who wants to go first? Uh, yeah, let, let me let me do this because I mean I, I yeah this is this is you bro yeah, yeah this uh, yeah uh, so the story I put out today basically says that 
Yeah, I mean, it's a partner, but it is being brought in to like fill in gaps uh, and to, to basically to complete what the initiative was always going to be or what they wanted to be for this project. And whether they did that through hiring or hiring a support studio, they were going to do something like this. The, the key here is Daryl Gallagher's relationship with Crystal Dynamics. He did say from the beginning, I think like, hey, Crystal Dynamics might be an option. Like they, maybe they're going to be busy, but if they're not busy, then we can bring them in. And it turned out they're not busy. And uh, the reason for that is pretty confusing, I think. Why wouldn't they be busy working on something for Square Enix? <clears throat> but they're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. said that earlier. Continue, sir. Continue. Yeah, but no, absolutely. No, you're right, though. So that's that's weird. So, but they're they're not busy. So they have an opening. They're like, okay, let's go for it. And um, yeah, are they going to give him input on design and all that stuff? I think that seems likely. But I, I actually don't think that's also too abnormal. I think a good example here is something like Sakurai working with uh, Koei Tecmo, I think, on uh, Super Smash Brothers. Where they're like, Was it yes. Bandai or Koei? Is it, yeah, it's Bandai. You're right. Okay, uh, Bandai sorry. Namco. No, you're right. Thank you. Uh, Bandai Namco. Like, they work with Koei Tecmo on a lot of other stuff. They work with Bandai Namco on Smash Brothers. Right. Um, right. And, and he, yeah, Sakurai does a lot of the key designing, but he doesn't make every design decision. He doesn't make every single decision for how the levels are going to work. He lets that the team that they hired to do that work do a lot of that work. It just makes sense. Um, and this is also something that's actually not too new for Microsoft either. They've uh, they've brought in teams like Sega's Creative Assembly and Sega's Relic to work on games for them. Um, they are just now what they're doing is they have a team ready to go with the initiative and they're just bringing in a team to kind of help them work on stuff. And it's it's going to be a collaboration and it's going to be a, an amalgamation of the, these two ideas of is this just a support studio or is this a partner? I think the answer to that question is yes, it's going to be both of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. Cog, what about you, man? How yeah, you, doing? The, you know, we talked about it on uh, uh, Ultimate, you know, and the one that we just put up, and uh, mm-hmm. it's so interesting, right? We, we we definitely, you know, the the only eyebrow raise was like, oh, okay, hmm, you know, I, I I I personally didn't remember anything. So obviously, Jeff gave some great examples, and and to me, I, I had a question back for Jeff on this in reference Please. to, you know, the initiative itself moving forward post perfect yeah dog, right and i wanted to know what are your thoughts on you know because there's a theory that i kind of got going but i don't know if it's true i'm just i'm just speculating where it's like is this now have we reached this shift in game development right where it's like okay you're making a studio in a in a pandemic post-pandemic type of situation it's a little harder to you know to get teams together and stuff like that and obviously we know daryl has relationships you know so is it a situation where you can see possibly the initiative saying okay this may be our blueprint or plan all along with developing games under us almost using their namesake like the initiative we initiate we kind of set the framework and then we get a team another team in to kind of execute do you see that or you think that's off it's just a one kind of off kind of thing i i think you're right i i think what i've heard is a lot of what's what we're seeing now was the plan from the beginning. And um, people go back to that quote of, uh, I think, I don't know who said it, it might've been Daryl Gallagher, but they're like, we're gonna remain small and nimble or whatever, I'm paraphrasing there. Agile. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Agile, yeah, it's like, and that that's gonna require them to probably remain around 70 to 150 people at most. Um, and they're probably gonna start these projects and then when they're ready, bring in a big support studio and whether or not that's Crystal Dynamics or someone else next time, is probably gonna greatly depend on how this goes. And, mm-hmm. and I think they will be open to the idea of okay no let's scale the initiative up to a full 700 person studio whatever they need um that's also an option down the line but if this works i imagine that they're just going to stick with it because um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of benefits here where they have a lot of really key talented people 
who work at the initiative proper proper you just keep like letting them come up with ideas letting them prototype which is the thing that really is the key to a great game it's just years of prototyping it's something that like mark cerny came up with years and years ago it's what made respawn so good is they're really good at prototyping let the initiative just be this really great prototype studio once they're ready to execute and scale up which is what has happened with perfect dark this year where now it's time to scale up and really work on this and you have two options there spend a year two years hiring enough people to actually do that or bring in a studio that's ready to work on it right now and to me one of those sounds way more efficient than the other and right. uh and i know people say like oh this is it's strange because naughty dog doesn't do this and it's like well naughty dog's already a 700 800 person studio whatever you know that they, they already have a lot of people ready to go and then when they bring, need to bring in support studios they they have support studios dedicated to this that they bring in i think this is just a slight difference on that same idea it's just maybe this is uh the, the way it's going to work with the initiative where like yeah they'll just remain this small nimble team and they'll come back every time and say okay is crystal dynamics ready to go no they're busy okay we'll find someone else and there will be someone else yeah i want to talk a little bit about crystal dynamics availability in general because i thought as time went on it's just the that's just the thing that sticks out is at first yes. i'm guilty of this too you look at the initiative you're like all right you're the new t you're the new guy here what's going on like why are you needing help so early that makes a lot of sense as everyone started to learn over time it's like okay this seems like a scaling up uh matter but with Crystal Dynamics, they just released late last year Avengers. Avengers was broken at launch. I had the unfortunate time of playing about 30 to 40 hours of the game for a review. So it was a good time. Uh, video did well, though. So, hey, you know, not too there bad. You go. But anyway. Content. Yeah, right. And so I uh, I went ahead, reviewed it. Wasn't that great? Clearly need a lot of work. They've been working on it, um, releasing little updates here or there. Spider-Man's still not in the game for PlayStation fans. Uh, they just released War for Wakanda. I haven't played anything post-patch, to be honest Ooh, with you. We're seeing it being that. brought into Game Pass, which Cog and I, we willed into existence mm -hmm. ever so slightly well done, on that last day to you. And with Crystal Dynamics being available, why aren't they working on Avengers is the real question. Is it that dead? Because we were looking at the player count. And it's like, okay, it's very low. It's at like just over 1,000 on, on Steam, I should mention. Um, and maybe it'll be a, a lot higher now with Game Pass and, of course, other consoles there. Like, I'm sure PlayStation with... The Spider-Man announcement that drove some copies there where they had a more active player base, or at least you'd hope so. But with with Crystal Dynamics, like why are they available? Right. Like that's mm -hmm. what do you guys think on that? Because I, I, yeah. I, I can't help but wonder if it's just like, all right, it it may just be as grim as it sounds, which is, yeah, this failed. Like we're going to slowly yeah. peel off of it. Yeah, that, that's the question I have for Jeff, too, because it's like. You know, me and King have this joke on IOP, oh, no. and it's like we call, you know, we feel like Daryl Gallagher might be a smooth operator here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, you know, former friend, you know, head of Crystal Dynamics, you kind of know what's going on in the other building, you know? And I just find it, it maybe it's, we're speculating, it, it's fun, but it, I just find it weird that if you're Crystal Dynamics, Square has nothing for you to work on next. Now, call me crazy, Jeff, that that doesn't seem to be a situation where, like, for your future is is a good thing, right? <laughs> and and I, I also find it interesting that Square is willing to take a bag from Microsoft <laughs> to say, go over there and do work, work yeah, here. get out of my sight. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Am I, yeah, I'm rinsing you out, Chief. Get out of my sight. Yeah, I, listen, I, 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 it's not like, I am sure that Crystal Dynamics pitched what they're gonna work on next to Square Enix. They, Square Enix said no. That's the thing. They're like, mm. we, no, we're, we're probably, 
we're talking to Microsoft right now. We know, like, you, you, you know Daryl Gallagher, and that's our alternative here. And everything you pitch to us sounds like a bigger risk than just taking the bag. And, uh, I mean, that's clearly what did happen. Now, um, but why would why would that not be worth the risk? And I think it has everything to do with what you guys said. Avengers, they're looking at that, and they're like, hey, we got beat pretty bad by that. That was an expensive failure, and um, we can't have another one of those. We can't even have... And, like we're not even really willing to give up an opportunity cost. Like we got Mm -hmm. a guaranteed thing here from Microsoft. Let's do it. And then maybe, maybe Microsoft is dangling at the end of this line. Like, okay, well, we're we're trying things out. We'll see how it goes. And then maybe we'll buy them from you at the end. And maybe that, maybe Square Enix is looking for that. Now, I don't know. I wasn't able to to get, (laughs) I wasn't able to find that for sure. So that's speculation, but I just would not be at all surprised if that's the case. I just think that, When it comes to Crystal Dynamics, uh, I think Square Enix is just not in the mood. <laughs> not in the mood for you right now. And it's, it's like, I think it's a, I think it's a shame because it's like Square Enix should not be the one being all hoity-toity here. This yeah. is the company that put out Balan Wonderworld, The Quiet Man. What was that mm. bad uh, Metal Gear Solid ripoff they put out a few years ago? Oh, I can't remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just a terrible game. After mm-hmm. These are not like just like... Oh, oh, they missed. These are worst game of the year material year mm-hmm. after year after year. Not coming from their Western studios. And so when they have like a big budget Western studio game fail, they're like, hey, that's why we're not making money. I'm like, you're not making money because <laughs> of everything you do. You are bad at this in a lot of cases. You are so lucky with Final so Fantasy and Final okay. Fantasy 14 right now. But it's like, you know, Crystal Dynamics is going to be the whipping boy right now because Avengers is just such a high profile failure. So I think that's what's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, I agree entirely. Yeah. I, I talk sometimes about how Final Fantasy VII remake to me is like I don't know if it even sold well enough to help pull them I mean, out of the crater that was right. uh, before Intergrade. Was... We're talking five million copies sold, and listen, that's a big game. But right. was that at, that can't be any expectations? Now you don't hear that from Square Enix. They only talk about expectations when it's a Western game. But yeah. I don't. I don't think five million copies sold for Final Fantasy VII remake. It, it was enough at that point. Now I'm sure it sold more since Intergrade. But yeah. But like Luigi's Mansion Three. 10 million copies mm. like mm. like that's i mean what are we talking about here and luigi's yeah, mansion 3 yeah. did not cost as much to make as final fantasy 7 remake now i get it there's a nintendo switch effect happening right now but that is mm. that's the reality that is your comparison point where final fantasy 7 remake is half the size of luigi's mansion 3 that doesn't sound right to me so um i, I, I think yeah I, I to me they seem like if they didn't have final fantasy 14 right now I think they'd be in a much dire position. I think you would be hearing some like shaky stuff coming out of them about like, hey, what do we do? But thankfully they have this like money making machine right now and they're just relying on that to keep them going. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've talked about Neo, the world ends with you on this show. Like this is a, a really small game that came out and while it didn't look like the biggest investment in the world, there's a ton of art behind that game, a ton of music. There's a lot of story, voice acting, like high profile voice actors in there. Like it wasn't a small investment uh, where that game even in Japan, where I'm sure that was probably their biggest audience, sold like 30,000 copies in its, Oof, its launch month. Yeah. Like, it did really bad. Like, Square's missed a lot. Yeah. And that's why I think they're doing something like this. And and it's just weird that Crystal Dynamics happened to be available. But it does, you did bring up the point, Jeff, that we'll only speculate on, which is I, I've just talked a lot about how Xbox and just companies in general, ever since the Bethesda acquisition, it's always been like, what's the gargantuan thing that we can entirely absorb? And I'm like... It could also also just be like sports where it's like, let's extract a player from a team. Like Ooh, we're not yeah. buying the whole team. Uh, let's just get like one studio from a brand. And right. maybe Crystal Dynamics ends up being that if the partnership's there 
And Square I mean, you get, is like, get out you of get our Tomb site. Raider, you buy Tomb Raider at the same time, Ooh. kind of make the IP, and the, it all makes sense, right? If you kind of like get that IP yeah. with the talent, with the talent that has now proven itself to you. I think Microsoft's actually in the in the process of testing a lot of talent. Like, um, what, 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 who's working on Contraband? I can't remember the name of the studio. Is oh, it, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it the Just Cause uh, studio? Avalanche. Avalanche, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Avalanche, like... They haven't bought Avalanche. Avalanche, this is this is a uh, external studio that's doing a first party game. I think they're testing out Avalanche. They might end mm-hmm. up buying Avalanche. I think um, uh, Flight Simulator is doing really well. I think Asobos was in a similar situation where I think Asobos like, hey, we're thinking about buying you. I think mm-hmm. Microsoft is doing a lot of that. And once they reassess, they're like, okay, now now we've seen how these teams work. What do we like? What don't we like? I think with um with Avalanche and Contraband, uh, what I heard is they missed a lot of their key markers. They were like, you have to have this done by then, and they kept missing those and kept missing those. So it's like, okay, well, maybe we don't like working with Avalanche. Maybe we don't need them, but like, we'll, we'll publish this game. We'll make sure it comes out. We'll, we'll, we'll back them up, make sure that it's the best game it can possibly be. But when, when all, all is said and done, when we look back at the process, were we happy with it? And so I think there's a chance they'll pass up on Avalanche. Now, it, it, with Crystal Dynamics, you imagine with that relationship with Daryl Gallagher, maybe it's going to go really well. And they say, okay, let's go for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, they could also just say, hey, that worked well. Let's just do that again. And everyone's really happy. And let's just do the same deal again. That's fine. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, we all made money here. Why wouldn't we just keep doing it? Square Enix's fortunes could change. They could have different leadership by then. So this is not a guarantee. I just think these are a lot of the things that all these companies are thinking about right now. Right. No, I agree. And last point I said, I completely agree with that. And I think it it almost feels on brand with Microsoft with prior studio acquisition. Sometimes, you know, they were in the greatest state at the time. You know, we, we, we've heard the stories, you know, obviously, you know, Double Fine. There's, there's a couple right. of studios, you know, where it's just like, wow, really, you know, we, I've been fortunate we had, we had Compulsion on. You know, their story is extremely interesting how they're lucky to even be around. They had like right. two chances of survival and they're still here. So, you know, it, it, it fits that mold. But I think it's what you said, Jeff, where it's more fluid. You, you, they start the yeah. relationship see what happens, see how it works out. And then eventually, if it makes sense, you know, things will happen. But yeah, it's definitely something I want to be, you know, charting specifically with, um, with, what you call it, with Crystal Dynamics. And I just think King is hilarious when he says it's an all-natural situation with Daryl Gallagher. <laughs> King is loving this. He's yeah, all no, about yeah. this. Bringing his bros. Like, hey, man, don't oh, I got yeah. some more He's like, yeah, yeah, friends with Just keep your head down. You know, keep your head down. You, I got you. Like I got you. <laughs> yeah. Bring it over. You can yeah, sit yeah. over here. Yeah, just don't get fired. Just don't get fired. I'm going to get that paycheck's coming, man. Don't worry. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think Xbox is effectively taking potentially a PlayStation route with this one, right? I think, once again, after... They acquired Bethesda. That was the expectation was like, oh, they're going to go get Ubisoft. They're going to go get Take-Two. Like, they're going to go buy everyone else out. And I think what you're seeing is now that they've sort of solidified, like, okay, like we've got 23 first-party studios. Let's take our time with Mm -hmm. these. And and, and like we saw with Insomniac, like, let's build up the relationship as PlayStation and get them for $220 million. Just because we have a lot of money doesn't mean we we need to spend all of it. Good point. And so I think it's going to be... Really Real quick, awesome just, to watch them develop. Just, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're like, no, there, no, there is a pressure on the other side of that that I always bring up and I always point to people and it has nothing to do with games and everything to do with global economics. And that is um, interest rates and uh, and and um, inflation are a big concern for these companies right now. And it's more of a concern this week than it has been up until this entire point. And it's been one of the reasons why these companies are spending so much money. Their money is going to be worth less next year than it's worth now. So if you have money sitting in the bank, sending in a bond, sending in wherever, and any sort of market, it's going to be worth
worth less because of inflation. And so they're like, let's spend it now. And I think this week we're getting news like inflation's probably going to be even worse than what we were expecting through the next year. And these companies, they pay attention to that stuff. So mm. while while I do agree with you 100% that I think Microsoft's like, I wish we could just take this stuff slow and look around and build these relationships up and do what Sony's been doing. Just like you said, I think that's absolutely right. There is going to be someone the bean counter saying, hey, this money is like, yeah, it says this number, but that number is mm, going to be worth this number really next month. And then a year from now, it's going to be worth this. 5% less is huge when you're talking about billions and billions of dollars. So they're sure. going to want to spend it sooner rather than later. I think that's going to maybe across all these companies really juice up this market of acquisitions here before the end of the year. So that's all speculation, wow, wow. but I think that's going to happen. No, it's a really good point though. It's well-founded. So I, I appreciate you bringing it up. And, and that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye out for. Cause the expectation was this year, we would get another, just an expectation, by the way, that Xbox would get someone else, especially with, right. it makes a lot more sense what you say now without PlayStation's just munching everyone up. Yeah. They got and, to right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah did they make they're, an they're acquisition? Uh, they did. Yeah. yeah. They got, um, Faltrick, I think was their name, and they're they were like former Sony Liverpool devs, and they're being rolled into a current studio yeah. that's already oh, part of PlayStation. The old yeah. guys? Fire, the Fire Sprite guys, and then Fire Sprite acquired yeah. someone. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, 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 so yeah, right. It's just gonna like three to keep happening. Like Nintendo even acquired like the Luigi's Mansion Three team because yeah. of the same right, thing. Right, right. Yeah. Like that team was gonna sell because they knew they're worth more now than they've ever been, and the acquisition fever is so high. They're like we're gonna sell now, and Nintendo's like, all right, we'll pay, we'll pay. Um, so mm -hmm. even Nintendo doing that is, uh, I think, a good sign that this yes. stuff is gonna keep happening, yeah. at least for yeah. the Nintendo foreseeable future. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. Exactly. That's the most telling part of it all. Mm -hmm. I bet you made a video on it today as we record this before we even had this talk about how it's like Nintendo seeing them get involved is like a very yes very telling sign yes if they're if they're making a purchase yep agreed all right number two on the news speaking of acquisitions this is a beautiful transition here comes a new challenger Netflix made a splash this week by announcing their first ever video game studio acquisition the developer now under their umbrella is night school studio night school is known for their work on oxen free as well as after party and are now chipping away on oxen free sequel in a write-up the studio wrote that they feel like a this is a natural pairing and that Netflix's team has shown the utmost care for protecting their studio culture and creative vision now obviously with the information that we just all discussed I think this is interesting because I was thinking to myself, with Game Pass growing so much, you have to imagine Netflix making studio acquisitions really just almost directly speaks to the idea that they're going to try to make their own gaming subscription service. You would have to think, right? Yeah. You, Jeff. Yeah, I think that there's um, there's a lot of factors here. I think that... Um they're going to try to continue to grow Netflix, that business. And um, that means speaking to different audiences. And they have come pretty close to saturating the kind of people who might subscribe to Netflix. And they'll keep growing here and there, and they have new markets they can move into. Um, but that stuff they've already figured out. Like, they know their game plan for going down that route and competing with Disney and all this stuff. They're really good at analyzing data. And I think that actually brings up the other point where they know who is using Netflix and they know like when they leave Netflix, what they're going to do. And a lot of times when you leave Netflix, it's because you're going to play a video game and they want to say, okay, no, we want you to stop watching a movie on Netflix or stop watching a show or stop watching The Witcher and then go play something like The Witcher on Netflix. We want to keep you in Netflix. So that's what I think is happening here. And that's their long, long, long-term goal here. It's going to start small and it's going to look it's going to look like this for quite some time. I do think they have an idea of what it looks like down the line. How they get from here to there seems pretty fuzzy, and I don't know if it's a separate sort of game pass thing or if it's just 
ways of boosting who Netflix appeals to. And I think that's probably the more likely route. Interesting. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, this is interesting to me. Uh, I mean, you know, we we heard the rumblings. We heard, you know, them being interested in the game sphere. Now, you know, this acquisition, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I'm in a wait and see approach because it's like it reminds I, I don't want to put them completely in the stadium bag, but it kind of right. reminds me of the initial stadium announcement. And I, I need to see the level of commitment, the consistency, you know, because I remember, with sta- you know, stadium. If you remember their press card, it was very aggressive. You know, they had some studio heads from some yeah. some people from you know with a lot a lot of experience and reputation. They were having their own first party studio, and then as time went on, you know, we start to see that deterioration. Now Netflix obviously is in a different situation. They have this established brand, established user base, you know, movies and stuff like that. But uh, it is interesting. I think Jeff, you made a good point. You know, they probably looking at the the analytics and say, okay, if they yes. have people watching these movies. How can and they're leaving, like you said, to go play a game, and they know how can, they know it, right? So how can we keep them in, right? And that's the part I want to see mm. the integration. I also want to see what styles of games that they choose to go for. Is it going to mm-hmm. be all that like the telltale stuff, like soft touch input stuff, not twitchy? Like, are we going to be playing a first person shooter? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are we going to play? You know those type of. Th- I want to see. The genres, how aggressive they are, and if they're if they're committed. So this is interesting to watch to me. But what you, what about you, Betty? Yeah, I I think out of between Netflix and Google, I would probably trust Netflix a little bit more because I feel like they already had a format that at base value works enough for entertainment. I think this is also just a product of just even analytics aside of seeing when they leave where they go, that gaming is growing. You just have to look at some of their partnerships, like they teamed up with. CD Projekt Red to do the cyberpunk anime and the Castlevania anime Good is point. extremely popular. Uh, the Witcher on Netflix, really, really popular. Like that, that pushed the gamer, the game's uh, base for The Witcher Three on Steam to a new record way after wow. its launch too. Like six, what five years after its launch, something yes. like that. Yep, uh, which was insane to see. So they've seen that. Hey, if we get a really big show, we can boost the game. What if we teamed up with someone to make it? Like, let's say they got Witcher season two and they launched that alongside some Witcher game mm. that was on their service. This is down the line. Right. They're probably thinking that very long term on how that could really benefit their service. Yep. And I could see that working as like a nice revolving door for them effectively. Uh, and that's why I think they're going to take the digital route. I think a lot of these companies are uh, because one of the, one of the things I anticipate is, is the reason we're seeing so many acquisitions is also what Jeff said, but you know, how can we create Game Pass competitors to make sure not everyone's going to one place? Mm-hmm. And I think Netflix stands one of the strongest chances next to PlayStation of standing up as a, a true competitive brand in gaming with a subscription service just because people already know them for that. Like, they're right. sort of the pioneers of that. Yeah, I, you just kind of already have it, too. You know, most people already have Netflix. And so mm-hmm. if they expand what gaming is in there, um, you know, eventually they'll have to raise the price and all that stuff. But that's true for every single thing. Like everything is going to go yeah. up in price. So, yeah, big, big deal. Um, but they'll they'll find ways to, to leverage that data. And I, I mean, I think, yeah, that point about The Witcher is just, I think, so key. It's like they saw people go play the witcher everywhere else and they're just like why weren't they like someone i'm sure one of the executives were like why weren't they playing the witcher here why mm-hmm. why'd they go somewhere else when they could have been playing it here and everyone like well like, we don't do games like we should have we should have thought of this like we should have known um and they want to capture that going forward and i think that they they have a good chance of doing it it's just um they also i think have an equally good chance of going stadia like yeah uh, yeah it, it, it's this fair. is a tough business <laughs> you have to you have to know 
gaming really well. I I have actually more faith in Netflix than I do than I did in Google yeah. or Amazon. I know New World came out; it's doing very well. But uh, these are companies that that you know they know a lot of different stuff, and they go to gaming. And they're like, man, game making games is hard. Um, I think Netflix fully actually does understand how how hard games is, and I but I think they have so much data. They know how people it, it consume entertainment, and they're so hyper focused on that that I think they know some some cracks in the armor, and they'll they'll attack where PlayStation and Sony and and uh, or in Microsoft and Nintendo are all weak, and it'll start with like. Hey, like women are watching The Witcher, and then they're gonna go play The Witcher, and uh, but maybe they would prefer if like it was just right there, and it was much more like one of these other games. It's I think that they're they're gonna find these cracks and exploit on that, and whether or not that works, we'll have to wait and see. But until then, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see how they do it. I could totally see it being a situation where like whether you pause the show and you leave it paused for a while or when the episode ends, it's like, did you enjoy this episode mm-hmm. or enjoying The Witcher? And you see The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt box art Absolutely. there and you can, like, click on mm-hmm. it and it just loops you into it. Mm-hmm. Like if they made it all into one service yeah. where it's like Netflix games and then Netflix TV or movies, whatever. Yeah. I think that would be it's, it's so obvious. I feel like it mm-hmm. actually works extremely well and it wouldn't feel forced like something such as Google Stadia, which some will argue is ahead of its time. But just for me, I don't think it worked because of their execution with yeah. it. Amazon as well just comes in. You think like, well, bags of cash will solve everything. Manpower will solve everything. But as you said, Jeff, you know, data cracks in the armor. That's going to be key because they understand the intricacies of just making something, whether yeah. it be TV and entertainment or now games. Um, I think that's going to help them out a lot. But what do you guys think of, of Night School Studio being the first one they absorb? Uh, Oxenfree developer, uh, like I said, they made After Party. They're working on Oxenfree 2. They're going to continue to do that here with Netflix. They're saying, hey, they're protecting our studio culture, which is likely, you know, weekends off, no crunch, all that stuff in the creative vision. Like, go make the game you want. Um, so how are you feeling about their future, if at anything at all? Uh, I, it fits really well with, with what, I, what I think you're going to start this and you want something that kind of fits with what Netflix is right now. And then you can grow it later. But right now you want something that makes sense when you're on Netflix. I think an oxen free is something that makes sense, right? It's a very conversational driven game where a lot of it, yes, a lot of it's just back and forth, like repertoire, repertoire. I cannot be able to say that word. So why am I even trying uh, a conversation <laughs> between other characters and they're going to, uh, and, and that's where you get the tension. That's where you get the gameplay and the mechanics. And um, it's the stuff that people are going to be used to from watching a lot of TV on Netflix where, where it's all written about characters uh, uh, sparring with one another. So it's going to be a natural fit. Um, and then I think I, I, I'm more curious about like, what's the second studio? Is the second studio going to be exactly another mm-hmm. one of these? And this is what it, this is going to be for a long time. Or is the second studio going to be like, and now here's a first person shooter, right? Yeah, like, exactly. but <laughs> for right now, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Jeff, you said it best. That's literally where I'm at. It's it just, I want to see moving forward. Cause to me, that seems like you said on brand, something that makes sense. I just want to see if they they expand and go to other genres like you talked about. We'll just have to watch it, wait and see. But to your point, Maddie, I think you made a good point in the sense that, you know, they, they do have the data. They do they have w- great ways of integration. And let's be honest, y'all. I mean, even Game Pass, Xbox itself, Game Pass kind of modeled in some respect off oh, yeah. of something that they yeah. created. Satya Nadella so, worked with uh, Reed Hastings a lot, oh, wow. uh, wow. who is the CEO of Netflix. They, they, he was almost wow. his mentor. So, yes, absolutely. Wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- there you go. You know, at the, at the end of the day, it, it, it's something that I, I think, like like you said, Netflix is smart enough to say, okay, they're doing this, but, you know, we, we need to get a piece of this and we need to figure out a way to integrate this to keep yeah. our base into this now gaming sphere. So cool to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll hear more from them over the year as well. 
Let's go into number three. Speculation is ramping up that Xbox Game Pass may have passed another milestone. In Yahoo News interview on The Grill featuring Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick and head of Xbox Phil Spencer, Strauss asked Phil, doesn't Game Pass have something like 30 million plus subscribers? Strauss would be privy to this information given that some of his company's games are on the service. Phil was quick to quell the potential storm brewing by iterating that the last officially announced number was 18 million subscribers. Now, he did loud, well, a little smirk, a little laugh. I don't like to analyze the, uh, yeah, the, the, people's the, body the language, facial yeah. emotional response. Yeah, yeah but you, you can tell there was a little bit of, ah, oh, he fucked up, but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, we might have 30 million. What of it? <laughs> can I jump in real quick? This, this, yeah, please. 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 I thought this was like classic like media training. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like he knew he had that face, like, well, you know, officially we've uh, mm-hmm. said uh, only 18. You know what I'm saying? Look, that's you know, good for Phil though, because Phil is like not like he's not Jim Ryan, but he's also not the most media trained guy in the world. He does just kind of say what he's thinking a lot of times. Yes. So that was pretty good of him to like fall back mm-hmm. on that immediately. Yeah, shout, yeah. shout out to them. I mean, shout out to the day at the grill. Shout out to the grill. You know what I'm saying? I did catch a little bit of it. I just thought it was interesting. Look, if it is. That would be something, you know, I think they, they want to get in front of and, and then, you know, with a blog post or whatever and, and, and celebrate it. They'll do it when it's official, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, I'm curious with Jeff, I was going to ask you, like, you know, with the obviously this is so important to them. Right. And I, I know a lot of people right now getting caught up with the data of NPD and UK sales charts and, you know, all this and, you know, people are not buying the game and what's going on, Jeff? What's happening, Jeff? And I I, I get it. You know, there's the, as me, you know, me and Maddie appropriately say, the concern, a lot of fake concern from some people. trolls. Yeah, yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. You know, but in reality, there is some questions, right? And and my my thought process, and you, you tell me, Jeff, is that I feel that this is the data that they are concerned about. Like how many people subscribe to this service and this number continues to go up, right? So what do you think with this whole situation? And then, you know, obviously what we're talking about in reference to sales versus the Game Pass subscription thing. I will will be very surprised if it's 30 million right now. I I think... um, so there was uh, Jess Corden uh, from Windows Central, and he's walked this back. So he and he said this was not exactly he, he was misled yes. or something. There was made a mistake. So I just want to say that like, he said it was twenty three million, and this was a few months ago, mm-hmm. and this was after the eighteen million number. And then Microsoft came out and they did their quarterly report, and they didn't say a number. And the reason they right. didn't say a number, I've told Jess this, is because of Jess Corden. Because <laughs> Jess Corden said twenty three million, <laughs> and it wasn't twenty three million. It was a little bit lower than that. Mm-hmm. I think it was closer to twenty twenty one million. And uh, they didn't want it to seem like oh we heard twenty three million and now it's twenty one million. It's going down. So they didn't want the market to react that way and I, that makes sense i think if it was if it's fucking jazz right i said dad of xbox is a joke but holy yeah, shit yeah, right? come on this, oh, man, he I, actually I is dad of xbox holy fuck. yeah <laughs> fucking clown um uh, uh, i love you jazz um <laughs> shout out to jazz if it was 30 million they i think they would have said something uh i think so if it is 30 30 million by the next earnings report we'll hear it they will say that number or if it's like 28 million they'll say it my guess is um that it was that 2021 million 21 million range around e3 and that i think they had a good e3 and probably a pretty decent summer and they probably did add some subscribers during that time i don't think they're losing it but i don't think they're adding at the rate that they were hoping for either at least at least that was the, the sense i got so i think that there's um a good chance that it's gone up and it'll be a pretty decent number but if it's close to 30 million they will say so very soon so uh i'll, I'll be I'll, and i'll be surprised but hey good for them they're, they're doing what they want to do yeah yeah I, i'm thinking that number was a little high uh for sure uh i, I would have in my head 
before any of this ballparked it at probably 25 with E3 really giving them a big boost and then some of their releases. But I think what's going to have to happen for them to push some really big numbers is, uh, you know, we, we saw this summer they filled out stuff for core gamers with, with yeah. releases like Psychonauts, The Ascent. Um, there were there were releases like that that were exciting to us probably, but on the level of growing a service, they were more additive. Like yes. you would stumble across it. And they need more things like Back for Blood. I think yes. Back for Blood's going to be yeah. a really big game, but they need more of that. And I understand it's very easy to sit here as a consumer and be like, oh, please spend more, but grow the service. Like I, you know, of course, as a consumer, I want them to add the big games there, but I also am like of the mindset, like, I don't care what their subscriber number is on the level yeah. of like, how much money they're making. I, I drive a Nissan. I'm pretty sure they filed for bankruptcy or something like that. I don't give a shit. As long as my warranty is still covered, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, so like that's exactly. Yeah. 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 So I just, I think for them to grow the service to, to a number like that, they need more of those pops. Like we saw with outriders and then MLB, the show, like that consistency there of, Oh my God, another one to the point where it's almost expected. Right. And I think really what they need is, and, and they seem to have got that with E3 is if they saw strong growth or, or decent growth, with what they have now from June till the end of this year, then they're likely going to look at it and say like, okay, month to month additions is what we need, but we need bigger of that. And how do we do that? And how much do we spend on that? And one of the places they spent money was Avengers, which is one of those, I call it like a half measure game. Oh, you, know, yeah. you kind of toss your hands at it. Like it's, it's one of those things that's additive. Um, I'm wondering what the next big thing beyond back for blood is going to be that brings people into the service of course there's forza forza is huge of course uh, there's and halo, halo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those two will play big factors but of course third party wise i think that's what excites people it's like you know oh i don't gotta spend money on this like that's yeah. the mentality it brings and so it'll be interesting to see of course as always what they do to bring those numbers up to yeah. that 30 million that well, they, Strauss was they, I, about. I, I did say this on grubs next last week and i haven't put it into a report yet I, maybe at the end of a story but they they have literal billions of dollars earmarked for getting games on the game pass this is wow. beyond acquisitions this is beyond and, and so when people talk about game pass being profitable or not like it's it's clearly not because this money is set aside right now for it to be spent on game pass and the subscribers they have right now is not making up for like the billions that they are mm -hmm. planning to spend I think the, the issue they're running into is a lot of publishers are just being like, listen, that's a good deal, but we're just not sure if we're willing to like change up our whole business model yet. We want to try the old way. And then we know we can rely on you to be there if later down the line, we want to go to Game Pass. We know you're still going to be there. And that's so that's a tough situation where getting like Microsoft's going to be like, no, you, you do it our way or the highway or something like that. They're going to be like, yeah, OK, yeah, we'll be here. So yeah, a lot of publishers are still just saying no right now and, and not, not taking that, that big guaranteed money, even though it is seems like it's a lot of money. I think that will shift slowly. I think they are working on a sort of charm offensive. I think that's what's happening with Square Enix. Square Enix does like Game Pass, they do. Mm -hmm. And it's just like- Sega, man. Yes, yeah, Sega, absolutely. They're just like, let's get them over the hump so that when it comes time to do another one of these games, let's just do it from the beginning. It's going to be so big for your game. I know you think like it's going to hurt it. It's not. Look what it did for Avengers. And then here's look what it did for, uh, you know, what's the, the the shooter that Square Enix put on their day, day and oh, day. Outriders. Outriders. Look mm -hmm. what it did for Outriders. Like that game wouldn't have made as much of a splash. Like, you know that. And look at the data with us. They're, they're doing this charm offensive. And I think they the like they're on their back. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you you I can continue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 look, 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 look at this thing I made in Prezi for you. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think it's gonna work eventually but it's just it's gonna take time and really what they have to worry about is 
I was going to say from now until Starfield, but really now until next E3, because next E3 is going to be when they could talk about Perfect Dark and Avowed and all these other games for sure, almost certainly. We might see those, some of those things earlier, some of those things a little bit later, but generally by next E3, they are going to have a very compelling story to tell about what Game Pass is going to get you. And you are already going to be coming off of like probably like right around that time, Redfall and stuff like that. And you just, you're probably still playing Halo multiplayer and all these things. So they'll have a really compelling story to tell at that point. Between now and then though, what are you going to have? And they got to start spending some of this money. I mean, their fiscal year ends in July. So they have a lot, like billions of dollars to spend by July. What is that going to look like? I I think they're going to try to make some really big moves here pretty soon. I do want to throw out there. Of course, this will be answered, I think even before this goes live, but just for the sake of our conversation, I remember seeing... I think it was like the PR for Dying Light saying like, oh, yeah, we've been sitting on announcement for a while now. We're going to make it tomorrow. I'm just like, nah, it's too early for Game Pass, right? Like, right. that's the thing. It's, Those it's deals get made at the last minute is what I've always heard. But I mean, yeah, maybe that's yeah. shifting too. You never know. But uh, I've always heard that uh, like that. Because it just kills pre like the last You'd minute. have to imagine. Right. Yeah, that, I would think so. Yeah. I want to ask this question because you, you, you made a point in reference to sometimes the pitch you know, and, and some third party developers are saying, you know, publisher or whatever saying, you know, what, eh, you know, wait, we'll wait and see. We don't know just yet. There's a little bit of push and pull with some. My question is, like, do you think that obviously Sony clearly must recognize this, right? They clearly must see that, you know, Gamepad, they're trying to be, Microsoft trying to be very aggressive with Game Pass. Do you think that, like, this is my theory again, theory, like some, it puts the, the, the developer or the publisher in, in a situation where it's like, Hey, well, Sony's willing to pay this, you know what I'm saying? Verse, you know, for exclusivity or what have you, and thus the price went up, so to speak. Do you, do you think that scenario is even feasible where, yes. where Game Pass initially was so disruptive with certain titles that now maybe Sony is a bit more aggressive with stat- statue like exclusive deals and things of that nature? Yeah, I think that's I think it's exactly what the strategy was. Um people are like, "Oh, Sony always paid to get third-party exclusives. And I'm like, I don't remember that many third-party exclusives during PS4 and even PS3. There was some some during those generations, but it, they are being much more aggressive now. There was reporting, Imran Khan from Fanbyte reported this. I think he was like, they are planning to spend, Sony, planning to spend a lot of money to get th- third-party exclusives. And there was, so Starfield was on the table for that sort of yes. thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so like, that, that they were not doing that level of third-party exclusives through most of those last couple of generations. Mm-hmm. So, um, that and I think this was an exact and specific reaction to Game Pass. Like, we are not going to do the blue version of the green Game Pass. We're not going to do that, not really. We are going to be Sony, we're going to be PlayStation still, and what we're going to do is we're going to take this money and we're going to go get third-party exclusives because that's what our ga- that's what our gamers are used to, or they, they like that, and it's going to make this the place to play, And but that's how we're going to fight Game Pass. I really think that that was the strategy, um, and that has the inherent effect of what you're speaking to of now these companies are like, got these two big money bags coming at them and they can play them off of one another. And it's definitely pushing the price up for sure. And I think it's probably causing some issues for Game Pass getting these deals. I think it's still the philosophy argument that's hard for a lot of these people to get over. Like, yeah, the people running these publishers, these third-party publishers have been making games and selling them one sort of way for many, many years. And they know the industry changes a lot. They know that. But that doesn't mean they're running towards change. They're afraid of change. Everyone's afraid of change. They're not running toward it. They're not. They're still not sold on the idea that this is going to be good for them in the long run. And really, Microsoft, while they are going to make the argument that it will be, they can only point to certain factors to say it's good here, it's good there. But in the long term, we don't know for sure. It's going. To, we're going to have to play it out and see how it goes. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's still a lot of unknowns, and that is the problem for Game Pass, I think. Okay. Right on. 
Number four, after delaying the game to November 19, 2021, DICE has revealed that the open beta for Battlefield 2042 will take place on October 8th and 9th. Early access to said beta goes from October 6th to the 7th and is available to those who pre-order the game. And I believe I have to add this in, uh, EA Access members as well. Okay. Gentlemen, are you hopping into this at all? I need to see this game for myself. I, I, I'm like, I, I was really excited. I thought the trailers at E3, yeah, like E3 and like right before E3 were really good. I'm like, yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. This might be my shooter this holiday. And now with a delay and people playing the alpha coming out saying like, oh, I'm not so sure. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. right, I'm going to play oh, for myself yeah. and see how I feel about it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try this out. Oh, they, they say yeah. the alpha eight. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> I didn't hear. So yeah, <laughs> scary scary boy, man. Maybe Cog's facial expression went from like, oh. yeah, like, and I'm like, that's how I. That, so yeah, you went through the same process that I went through. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> I was really hyped for this thing. Don't yeah. mess this up. And so they had people coming out of the alpha, and let's, you know, uh, alpha. this is a, yeah. yeah. So this is an alpha, and it's um, secondhand. I'm not sure if this is exactly what they what their feeling was. I do know that a lot of people were feeling negative about it. Was that just bugs, or was there something off about the game? I'm not exactly sure. So maybe maybe it was just bugs, and they'll be able to fix that stuff up. And maybe. That's the problem why it's getting delayed so yeah. i want to see it for myself sure. and see how i feel about it yeah definitely i mean you know like like you said uh maddie prior super hype you know saw the trailer saw my levolutiony things i see modern i'm in you know what i'm saying i see that, that, that that's the type of battlefield i like so i'm in you know i, I definitely want to get a chance to you know just get that open beta and see what's going on and you know, you tell me, Maddie, where, where you at? Because I'm still yeah. excited, but I, I definitely, I'm definitely a little concerned. You know, you know, when he hears some yeah. negative reaction. Yeah, you know? I felt like uh, from the outside looking in. Of course, this would just be the product of good marketing. That Battlefield 2042 is looking like the answer, right? Like yes. it had the old stuff, the new stuff. I mean, granted, they went, yeah, we're axing the campaign. In my eyes, I'm like, I very rarely say this. This might be a good thing because I've never yep. played in my life a good Battlefield campaign <laughs> or a compelling one. They very much feel strictly additive. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm open to you guys going all in on multiplayer because I look at something like Battlefront 2 when you stripped away the monetization and evolved it. It was excellent. So let's see what you got here at 2042. And it looked really encouraging from the outside. Now hearing, uh, might not be it uh, is a little disappointing, but just like Jeff, I want to go and lay my hands on this one because yeah. I was, I, you know, I, I fell out of first person shooters outside of the occasional ones like Doom Eternal. I'll, I'll come around for the, the big hitters, but otherwise my, my infatuation with them from when I was in high school really uh, has disappeared. And so for me to actually be legitimately excited about not only one, but two with Halo Infinite uh, coming out is pretty rare. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see them compete. And I've always had this idea, again, that Xbox wants to get Battlefield on Game Pass. Like, there's that close marketing, but not even that. I just, Cog, you and I have talked about it. I feel like, I think his name was Walter, wrote in and sort of laid yeah. the groundwork for us on, on a deal where it was like, you know what? This is your year to kick Cod in the balls. Like this, <laughs> this is your year to just kick him between the legs. Get that Game Pass deal. Mm -hmm. Do it in November. Give people your November shooter and their their December shooter. Yeah. Have them both there because if someone signs up for Game Pass, they're like, I don't like Halo, but I like Battlefield. And you mm -hmm. already got Battlefield 1, 5 on there. You got mm -hmm. all the Battlefield games on there. Yeah. And then you add 2042 to that mix. I mean, I just think there's something there. But beyond that alone, um, I'm looking forward to hopping into this open beta for sure. Uh, can't wait to see what it's all about and what they offer with yeah. it. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Number five. 
only one game has topped New World's concurrent player count at launch, and that was Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Amazon's new MMO made a huge impact as players are flocking to it, pushing their concurrent player count on Steam over 600,000 players. This beats out the likes of Dota 2, Apex Legends, PUBG, GTA 5, and many more extremely popular games. Is anyone into this game? Like, I was, not, I was aware there was an interest, but no one in my circle was like, Yo, gotta get in on that new no, world. I, like, so holy fuck. Are your, is your circle, does it involve anyone who spends a lot of time just watching the biggest people on Twitch? Because uh, I feel like this is Amazon leveraging the Twitch, like like streamers and like paying them to play it. And then having that, like did basically, like, like that's what Fortnite did, right? What When Fortnite went to like, went really big out of the gate with its um, Battle Royale launch, they paid a lot of streamers to play it and it made a huge splash right away because of that. And a few other games have followed in that in that in those footsteps. But if there's one company that knows exactly how that works, it's the company that is running that and that's Amazon, <laughs> which owns Twitch. And so I think that this is, um, I think it's a, a product of them understanding how to leverage that huge marketing juggernaut. It is, I think it's kind of, I think this is evidence that we cannot overstate the power of getting a bunch of the biggest streamers in the world to play a game and having them create cycles of hype where my understanding is, I think if you were in the streams, you would get free items for the game and maybe oh, get wow. a chance to play the game and stuff like that. So like, you know, they're building excitement and keeping people watching, keeping people glued in, and you're jumping from one stream to the next to try to get more of this free stuff. So. I think it I think it worked. I mean, it clearly worked. I think another thing is people really just want MMOs right now. I think in a way yes. that like after coming yeah. to being in the pandemic for so long and finding this as a key way to escape and spend Good time boy. with your friends. I think this is like people have discords now. We're like, this is every day after work. I get on my discord. I see what everyone's playing. And if there's a game we can all play together, that's the best. And I think this might be a situation where like, hey, let's just all go play New World. Uh, yeah. I, I think that there's a, a network effect happening here that is just, again, hard to overstate. Yeah, and especially as someone who is very much in MMOs, like I, I play Star Wars The Old Republic now, but like I look at something like Final Fantasy 14, and that's a game where it's doing extremely well, but there is the, the I call it the suffering. You got to go through the base game <laughs> right. to get the to the, the expansion content, which is right. really good. And everyone's, everyone's like, going to well, suffer together in New World, so it's okay, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and everyone's suffering together. It's new. You're not, you haven't missed anything yet. Yes. Like you're getting in on the ground level. And we really haven't had a big MMO available like that it's always been there they're picking up steam over time we got swotor dropping a big expansion at the end of this year again final fantasy 14 continues to gain steam eso like i consider myself an elder scrolls vet but even i sometimes steer away from eso because i go in there and i'm like these systems are complex like mm -hmm. there's so much happening here and i just want to do some quests play the game and move on with my life but you know that's i think the chance that new world has and to just point striking at the right time right yeah. like there's yes. there is a product of that with game releases is sometimes people overanalyze it i'm i've been guilty of it same but it's at times it's just the the real timing of release plays a big factor it's why indies do well in the summer because nothing else is happening so people are like whoa it sold a million copies it's like yeah there was nothing else to play that's a big part of it and people were more keen to spend 20 bucks on a little thing and try it out yep yeah i i, I think the Final Fantasy 14 point is really compelling to me because it's like, you're right. Like you hear about Final Fantasy 14 and everyone's just like, yeah, you should come play it. And then they tell you like what you have to do to come, come play with them. And it's like, OK, well, I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> but, but then like all of a sudden, like, hey, we're all going to go play New World and we're all going to start from the same point. That's such a good point where it's like, oh, I've been itching to go play Final Fantasy 14 with you. If you're telling me I'm going to get a similar sort of experience and I could start at the beginning with you uh, at the same time, we're all coming like, 
yes, count me in. I think that's a huge effect right now. Fantastic yeah. point. And as, yeah. a, as a Destiny fan, first of all, all these games scare me because I'm already, Destiny got <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, my you've mind already got your wrapped addiction. up. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's it. I'm, I got one drug. You're already that, That's my drug man. of choice. I know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> so <laughs> at the end of the day, let me be a crackhead over here with Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, all I would say is you made a fantastic point in the sense that, you know, it's something, people always tell me, cock, what you doing looks so fun but you know i'm gonna start at destiny at the base level and then i gotta do like you said all that busy work and the pain and the suffering that maddie says and then they kind of bow out but so it's always interesting when there's something new comes out everyone starts mm-hmm. at the ground level like you said jeff mm-hmm. together and it's a shame because i was thinking about outriders at this point like they had an opportunity outside of all the stupid bugs and stuff that was going on to really capitalize and keep pushing forward because everyone loved it they joined in on the ground floor at the same time and it's good to see it's good to see so i'm seeing a lot of positive things from it my behind will be staying away from it but salute to everybody (laughs) who's down with it you know it's good to see the the, the engagement i think it certainly helps too this is more on a technical level from what i've seen i've only watched a little bit of gameplay so i'm actually kind of curious now and i think that's what's happening too is you're seeing these numbers and going well what am i missing but when I was looking at some brief gameplay, it's very much like you can, it's almost like a third person shooter. Like it looks mm. a lot tighter than other MMOs where mm. you could, like in ESO, you'd see like the spell like flow yeah, and almost yeah, auto yeah, target yeah, them yeah, and hit yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, I, I call it hot bar combat. You know, you, you're standing still the whole time. This looks more active and engaging. And I think in terms that's more accessible and interesting to a general consumer. So there's something there. Uh, but this looks like Amazon finally landed one after. Mm-hmm. A considerable amount of failure with uh what was the name of that one game of oh, the crucible i think it was. yeah crucibles right yes that sounds yeah. right yeah man yeah. they're uh, yeah their tr- take on cod yeah or not cod <laughs> uh, of csgo yeah yeah we we it's just weird that these companies try 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 i mean i guess it had to happen eventually if you just keep trying eventually you get something but this seems like <laughs> mm-hmm. a big hit for them so yeah good for yeah. them for sure all right number six dolby vision is officially launched first on xbox series x and s on televisions that support it. You'll see brighter highlights, sharper contrasts, and more vibrant options. Over 100 games will support it, but at launch, there are only 10. F1 2021, Psychonauts 2, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Gears 5, Borderlands 3, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, Dirt 5, and Metro Exodus. The Verge states developers can choose between activating Dolby Vision in their engine or taking advantage of the built-in Dolby Vision technology within the Xbox developer platform. Games that use auto HDR aren't true Dolby Vision games, but Microsoft says they'll benefit from the Dolby Vision mapping technology on Xbox to display much more accurate images on Dolby Vision televisions. Gentlemen, anyone taking advantage of this? I got to check. Yeah. Oh, Cog, you are? Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, y'all jumping, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was definitely excited to see what was going on here. Um, First of all, God-led OLED TVs, people lord your duke stand up stand up this is for us we've been we've waited you know what i'm saying <laughs> shout out to my cx owners we, we've waited you know so yeah I, I dove right i'm in all them inside of programs i'm in all those tech stuff i love this stuff so i wanted to see what the difference is now i want to give some advice though because what was happening is Please, if, if you have one of these tvs you know when i launched like for example a microsoft flight simulator right when you do the launch period after you initiate dolby uh, vision for gaming what was happening was it would still pop up and I'd get that indicator that says HDR. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, when I watch Netflix or, you know, Disney Plus something, when it's a Dolby Vision movie, I'll get it the stays Dolby. That, right. that emblem stays up there, so yeah. I, 
I was in my feelings. Mm-hmm. I was like, where is the prompt, right? So I had to do some digging. I was talking to a lot of members of the team. Shout out to the, to the, to the platform team. Like, hey, what's going on? You know, I, I have the feature. It's clearly supported. I have like the latest firmware. So what it is, is if you're a CX user, if you're in the 4K 120 hertz mode, as of right now, the firmware update for 124K Dolby Vision is not active. So you right. would have to put it to 60, 60 this hertz. This is the same with the Sony TV I have over here. I have the CX upstairs, but on this, I was, I'm testing the Sony TV. It was the same exact thing. So yeah. this is a pretty common thing, I think. Yeah, so I'm flipping out like, yo, it don't work. What's going on? Mm-hmm. So once I moved it to 60 hertz, mm-hmm. then I got the Dolby Vision, you know, okay. the indicator. So I tried Psychonauts. I tried uh, what you call Flight Simulator. Looks cool. Looks a little richer. You know, I'm not like the super video file, but I know it's a slight difference. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the cool thing is, like you said, you know this is not even the native implementation yet because my whole thing was again speaking with the team i was just like hey what i think would be a good idea was for you to put in the tech stats like you know they says hgr 10 series x like you should put dolby vision so they were like technically it's not dolby vision native yet but now they're going to start implementing developers are going to start using this tech start implementing so this stuff it's pretty exciting you know i i, I like this is one one of the reasons when people ask me why I like the Xbox ecosystem a lot. This is one of the reasons I always feel they're very tech forward and they, mm-hmm. they they tend to you know atmos and all this stuff i mean 360 got me to get an hd tv i didn't know what the hell 1080i was yeah, at the time. like, like it, yo so me and you jeff we, we in yeah. that bag like so i'm a geek i love this tech stuff and you know it's exciting i, I like them pushing forward in this space so uh I, jeff i was gonna let you continue because you, you sounded like you've been playing around with it yeah yeah just a, a little bit but i always I, I say overall i agree like I, I this is the stuff i like for sure it, it, when this generation started, uh, there was a lot of anxiety about, okay, you, you can go out and get one of these boxes, but are you going to get most of it out of the TV you have right now? And uh, everyone's like, okay, well, go get an LG CX. And then you do that, and you're like, well, now the thing's not even taking advantage of all the things that this TV can do. Mm-hmm. They're slowly getting to the point where it's like, hey, if you made the investment on both sides and in, in your Atmos uh, surround mm-hmm. receiver and all that stuff, we are going to kind of live up to our side of the bargain and say, thank you for coming along with us. Now, here here's all your toys getting the max performance they can get. That feels good. It feels like you are being respected as a consumer. And I, I, I like that stuff. Um, it's I think at the same time, you're right. Like, it's not the biggest difference in the world. If you're already getting HDR, it still looks like a, a good version of HDR. Dol- Dolby Vision is better but it, you know i guess i was gonna say i wouldn't tr- turn it off for uh you know 60 frames but actually on console so many games have to like drop down so many visual features to get to 120 actually i would turn it off give me dual vision give me 60 frames give me 4k and i'll be good and i think that's a good happy medium right now but uh but then again i still like hey let's get to that 120 let's oh yeah i'm about the 120 inside baseball you're a cx owner it seems like like me right yes yeah yeah it's coming it's coming because yeah, okay, cool. yeah. I was worried LG was going to pull some. Oh, you got to buy the G1 for yeah, the you know, I thought they were yeah, going to pull G1, the new yeah. model. Go get the new model if you want yeah. 4K 120 Double Vision. No, I did hear, you know, it They've is been coming. good about those updates. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah. CX owners, you're good. Just sit tight right now. 4K 60 Double Vision, but eventually 4K 120 because I'm with you. Like I'm about pushing the Hertz, especially in competitive PVP. Yeah, yeah, that, that does make a big difference. Oh, yes. bro, I'm out here. I'm out here. My dad, yeah. I'm out here, bro. Yeah, yeah. I want all every advantage. Elite controllers. I want every advantage to, to frag. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just say, uh, if you are listening to this conversation though, and you're like, 
Oh man, I like my TV, but this is making me feel like I'm being left behind. Don't feel like you need to update though. I, I think that's one thing that was, we should have left behind at the beginning of this generation was this pressure to feel like you have to upgrade your TV. If you're happy with yeah. your TV, keep playing the stuff. It's more about the games than the tech really. It's yeah. just nice that when you do invest, that it's supported. That's yeah. all I'm really asking for yeah. here. For sure, for sure. Yeah, as someone who bought the Sony X900H before launch and they left out a little firmware oh. update that was supposed to support, I think it was like yeah. 4K 120 hertz. I was like, yes. all right, guys, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I panic bought this one uh, and, and only this one. I took the, the budget option and mm -hmm. that was my mistake, I guess. But yeah, I honestly don't get a chance to take advantage too much of HDR. I have to, because I have my stuff always hooked up to an Elgato. Right. And Capture so what happens is yeah. the... The, yeah, the capture card, like, if I have it activated, it will completely desaturate the yes, image that awful. I'm yeah, capturing. Yeah, it's awful. So you have to turn it off. Yeah, because yeah. I remember when I was streaming Outriders, it, uh, <laughs> I remember people were like, this looks fucking terrible. <laughs> like, what happened? Uh -huh. It was like, it, and I looked at my screen, I'm like, yo, that's brown. Like, what happened? And someone was like, try turning off HDR. And I did. It was, boom, very colorful. Now, they were getting something pretty, and it looked worse on my end. But I was like, all right, as long as the audience can see something better. So... Like when I'm reviewing games, it's a pain because I gotta like disconnect, hook it up because like yeah. my computer's in an awkward Perfect. position. Yeah, so pain. yeah, I, I don't it. get to take that much advantage of of HDR as others out there. So I'm just glad that they're offering something for for Xbox owners and, and yeah. like Jeff said, respecting the purchase. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, we got two more items on the news report. Number seven. Sound the alarms for real because I have skipped this segment for months. <laughs> Xbox Games with Gold has some decent games heading your way. The first one I can't even pronounce. Arrow? It's I, available think, yeah, October I, I think that's 1st. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's available October 1st to the 31st. Then there's Hover. All right. I get it, right? You're like, Maddie, you just lied to me. October 16th to the November 15th. Then you got Castlevania Harmony of Despair, available yeah. October 1st to October 15th. And. Resident Evil Code Veronica X available October 16th to 31st, which a lot of people apparently say is like really good. Ooh. I haven't played that one, but I like Castlevania. Check yeah. that out. Code Code Veronica is, is is pretty good. I don't know if I ever played Code Veronica X, but I played yeah. on the Dreamcast. It was, it was I played good. on the Dreamcast. Yeah, the yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, that was Jill. I believe it was, she was the main one on that one, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yes. I know there's a, a woman on the cover. Yes. That sounds right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. Harmony of Despair is like okay. It's it's not like that, that Castlevania Advance Collection just came out everywhere. Uh, it's twenty bucks. Get that for sure. Those Ooh, are classics. Yeah. Uh, Harmony of Despair not quite up to the, to those. Yeah, not yeah. quite as good as the rest of those. It's a bonus. Yes, a bonus. a bonus. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Number eight, just a quick one here. Nick Duncombe has uh, served as the uh, head of recruitment for Warwickshire-based Playground Games. It was confirmed in his LinkedIn that the studio has hired over 100 people in the year of 2021 for both Forza, Horizon 5, and Fable. And they're still looking for more. So Interesting. I think, I think that's a good, that. a, a good number to like look at and be like, yeah, this studio that's trying to hire as many people as they can right now was able to hire 100 people, and they're still looking for more. Wow. And uh, the initiative is like, oh, we could do that, but let's, let's not. Let's just hire mm -hmm. someone else, bring them in. I think that's a good like a yin and yang for what this could be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's all the news we've got for you this week. Then we have our Game Pass pick of the week. Now, I noticed this is blank. 
And I know I, re I relay to, to Cog yeah. to tell Jeff to bring one. Jeff, yep. did you come with one prepared? All right, awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know if you feel like, I, I got two just in case one of these has been mentioned yeah. before, but my first one would be Carry On. Uh, oh, Carry On is, uh, it's that, uh, it's a 2D game where you basically play as the blob in a, in a horror movie. And um, the, it's it's kind of a Metroidvania, but you are definitely like the monster. And it's got great movement. You feel like you could just whip around all, the, all over the place. You just point in the direction and all of your million of tentacles uh, like go across the room. It's great. You can um, use the right stick to like grab people and then like crunch them and break their bodies apart and eat yep. them. And that's oh, wow. where you get your energy. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great game. It's a good game for like Halloween where um, I, I don't like necessarily like jump scares, but I like stuff that's like spooky and stuff and this is definitely like mm -hmm. oh man this is a monster movie but you get to play as the monster it does a really good job of making you feel super powerful eventually they do come up with some enemies that uh, pose a threat but that takes some time so you got a real long time of just feeling like this powerful monster and then there's time to like okay how do i defeat these, these enemies um it's fantastic the, the other one was bug fables which is like a paper mario uh, indie oh, game uh it's like people have been begging for like a new like regular paper mario and someone made it it's just an indie game it's called bug bug fables and it's on game pass and it's it's really fantastic it's got good writing uh that that classic paper mario timed rpg combat uh definitely worth checking out so yeah those, those are my two Man, awesome Man, yeah it's funny approve. last yeah was just, oh absolutely and last week we actually got a write-in about about bug fables so okay, it's, cool. it's amazing that you that you picked that one yeah, because there we go you know, like our, our Game Pass write-ins are, are spotty. Like sometimes people just think of it and they'll, and they'll toss it in. And it's funny that last week they were like, Maddie, you just missed Bug Fables. Because I, I think I deleted it off my hard drive, which was stupid, by the way, because it's only like three gigabytes. But right, I was like, yeah, oh, it's it to make game. space. <laughs> yeah, but I, I deleted it to make space for I don't know what the fuck I was downloading. <laughs> it was three gigs. But I digress. I, it appears I got I to gotta get this one. I got to okay. get into it. No doubt. No doubt. Crave Snow did write in with a Game Pass pick of the week as well. Yo, Dukes. I got a Game Pass pick of the week at the crew is struggling to think of one. Desperados 3. It's a prequel, so you don't need to have context of the previous game's side note. I fucking hate when games do this. I'll talk about that in a sec. <laughs> it's top-down, but not turn-based. It's described as a tactical stealth game. Having a button dedicated to quick save spared me having to redo sections like I end up doing in games like Wasteland 3 because I'm a moron and forget to regularly save. Voice acted with a good story. I loved it. Bought the three DLC missions after beating it. Why do games go with the highest number for the prequel? Right? <laughs> Why is this a thing? It, it, Indiana Jones, I, no, I know it wasn't numbered, but it's like the second movie, and they're like, this is a prequel, and uh, but it, then it has nothing to do with like the previous story and doesn't really relate to it at all. I'm like, that they're just making that up. They, they don't even know what they're saying when they call that a prequel. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's what happens a lot of times. So like, ah, we don't want to deal with what we did. Let's just go start yeah. from the beginning. And, yeah. I feel like I'm nitpicking at the end of the day, but it's just <laughs> it's just a, a little frustration for me. Mm -hmm. This game reminds me of um the way it's described and what I've seen of it. It reminds me of... Cog, I feel like you would know this Which game because it seems like something you would like. Uh, oh my God, it's a tactical game about ninjas oh, running around a level, and it's not XCOM. Wait, but it's it, it's it's like Desperados, like it's tactical stealth. Already released because I remember interviewing a dev yes. that had a game coming out like that. It looked hot. I'm still freaking freaking as a Polish dev, but no, damn. What you oh my god, this is no. gonna bother me. I can see the box art now. It's like a white box art. Mm -hmm. You can see like it's feudal Japan based. It, it, it's turn based. Yeah. Is is Lord of yeah, Turn based? Yeah, it's kind of turn based. Like it's feudal Japan. Stealth. And I do not know this. This is gonna bother me. It's, Wait, I think Shadow Tactics or something like that. Oh, okay, Ooh. that sounds right. I, that does sound familiar now that you I'm say it. Into this, How yeah. Shadow this Tactics, Blade of the Shogun. Oh, I okay, didn't yeah. Look into this. I didn't know about. Yeah, that. look it up. That, that would be what? up your alley. It, it, what I saw reminds me of that. Yeah, hardcore tactical stealth game set in Japan around the Edo period. What? 
Yeah, I played a little bit. It's actually pretty good. 8.2. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into this. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this one. Escape. What did this drop? Wow. Oh, 20, 2016 on Yeah, Steam. it's an older one. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. All right. No, I'll check it out for sure. For sure. Thank you. Awesome. This one. Glad to put one on your radar. Yeah, you <laughs> it's not I'm, even a part of Game Pass. I already know. Mm-hmm. I bet you get it pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. I remember when I played it, I bought it from GameStop at the time for like 16 bucks. So right, exactly. Yeah. Can't, can't be much more than that. Shadow Tactics. Yeah, let's go. All right, five ending questions to conclude our show. Michael Steinmetz is up next. Hey, Dookie boys, I recently read a making of the remaster of Alan Wake on Xbox Wire, and it got me thinking, why did Xbox let Remedy go? Is there any bad blood between the two, or does Remedy just really want to be independent? Have you all heard anything about the relationship? I have loved every game they put out. I would love to have them as first party. P.S., I think Quantum Break is phenomenal and got unfairly viewed because of the whole Xbox TV COD LOL zeitgeist. Hey, man, I didn't edit that one in, by the way. I'm glad we got someone on Team Quantum Break here. What do you guys think about uh, the status of... (laughs) (laughs) Get him, Jeff. Get him. (laughs) What do you guys think about the, the, the partnership between... Remedy and Xbox it was, and where it's actually it was a bad timing crossfire. thing. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. working on Crossfire. They're working on a bunch of stuff though. They're working on like that Alan Wake um a sequel that I, that I reported on a bit ago. Like they're working on a lot of stuff and they got they got Epic in their pocket now, so that's that's gonna help them. Uh it was a it was a the the bad fortune of poor timing is kind of what it seems like. Uh where Remedy was making a certain kind of game and Xbox is like, I think we want this sort of thing. And then Connor Break comes down and it doesn't set the world on fire. And Xbox is like, we don't even know what kind of games we want to make, period. Like, we're not sure what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it took, it, it was, it, they were rethinking their strategy across the board. I remember conversations that um, Phil Spencer would have with like Jeff Gersman at the time talking mm-hmm. about like, hey, people are spending 700, 800, 1,000 hours on Destiny. Why are we like trying to make games to compete with these things when people just want to play this one thing? And you like, you could see him like the cogs moving in Phil Spencer's mm-hmm. head where he's like we got this this world where people are just playing these service games for forever how do we get and that's like okay obviously the path there is to toward game pass but um i think remedy was at a point where like hey we need to make games now we're an independent studio and xbox was just like yeah we don't know how to leverage you right now so go be Mm. free and and maybe we'll work together again one day Mm. and um that, that was definitely like xbox and remedy talked about like Alan Wake and bringing it back and doing other games. It's just like Epic was there saying, hey, here are deal terms that you just could never say no to. So that's kind of what happened. There. Yeah, they they of, were going to like maybe leak. think about working. To, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, there was just so much money that Epic was spending across yes. the board. There were some eyebrow raises. Like, I think they only gave Ubisoft something like really cheap at one point. But other than that, they were paying an obscene amount of money yes. where I can only imagine what they're giving Remedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think um, they, a lot of those terms you. are like public too, like not even from the leak. I think the, the Remedy deal was like, yeah, it's like, five percent uh like after like it's like they're gonna pay for all of development and then once we recoup development like we get all of the money after that except for like five percent it's like oh okay that's those are really good terms so yeah yeah um remedy's in a good situation now yeah listen they got they took the bag i I, mag do your thing Mm -hmm. you know as far as the uh the quantum break thing you know it was I, I, it, it was so the expectation was so grandiose it just didn't hit for me maddie it, I, I, fix your face <laughs> fix your face i'm just saying I, i'm gonna tell you why i was I'm me, right there with you i was just like uh that's not it, for me i like i'm like I, it's telling me I my current mission is to it, walk outside like the building and i'm like oh <laughs> that doesn't sound like a fun time I'm, maddie i wanted to love it i'm like little fingers in it it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's lit. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted to love it and it just yeah. you know what i think well, i remember now first First of all, y'all remember 
it had like a insane download where it's like the yeah, TV. Yeah, I gotta get the show that. right. And yep. I'm like, yep. and I think the problem was the way it was pitched initially was like, watch the TV show. And then remember the initial pitch was some, mm-hmm. that was when they was in their TV, TV bag, right? Well, that, that is Remedy's thing though. Remedy always mm-hmm. has like fake TV shows in their games. It's just, they were super into their thing too. Like I talk, I remember talking about, about Crossfire. I'm like, are you going to have a fake TV show in Crossfire <laughs> X? And they're like, no one's asked this yet, but we're working on something and now no who knows when that game's gonna come out but like yeah, yeah. that's their thing but yeah, yeah. That, they were they went way off the rails into the tv oh, for that yeah. game. They, they, it, was, it was insane it was the same my man they had uh, daniels from the wire on there yep. there was a lot of people that man yep. yeah big ice man like big budget don't get me wrong it wasn't oh, yeah. terrible man it's just that it was one of those it, it had the formula for hashtag just one but it was one of those things that i do <laughs> wish to your point that if there was any way they could solve the relationship, it does deserve a sequel. I, I'm yeah, with yeah. you there. Like the potential. Hey, you don't gotta tell there. me that. I know that. Speak it, okay? Okay, speak. Convince me why you love this game. Please, please. I don't love it as much as I think I'm making it out to be. I'm just giving you a hard time at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, I just I, I kind of like that it was something new uh, okay. beyond the TV part, you know? Because I was one of the people who was like very, even though I bought Xbox One day one, yes. I was. One of the people who was just like very much against their whole TV initiative, but I like the games that they had, yes. and Quantum Break was mm-hmm. was one of them. And um, I don't know, I think it's because I always used to run around like with my my buddies. They also play Quantum Break, and you know how like Littlefinger would always turn the corner, and he would always be like Jack Joyce, like he always <laughs> call your character's name yes. constantly, yes. constantly. That's what I was doing with my friends. Like I just like walk into the living room and be like Jack Joyce. It just it just became a thing in our group for a while. So it was I don't know, it was just a, it was a social thing for sure, but. I did, yeah, I enjoyed that game uh, gameplay wise a lot, but also I have to admit I haven't played Control, so I'm just I'm full of Remedy bad takes right now, no, you're and good, you're good. really indefensible ones at that. But yeah, as to why Xbox let Remedy go, it, it does sound like a bad timing thing, and, yeah. and ultimately, uh, as long as they're working together on something, I think that's good because I don't think anything made them go sour. I don't think it's always a bad thing. It's just yeah, a, yeah. It, it was just yeah, un- irreconcilable differences, but not like yeah, not animosity. It's just okay. hey, we mm-hmm. we have different goals right now, and that that yeah. happens. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Adam Thim is our next write-in. Hey there, Duke boys of New York. I wanted to ask you guys about is it important for sequels to reinvent the wheel when coming off good first games? One view some game journalists seem to have that bothers me as kind of a negative is if a game feels more like the first game. I can understand why it can be looked at as bad, but if you're getting more of an amazing game, that isn't really negative. Thanks, and have a cold center of a hot pocket kind of day. That's a creative (laughs) one. I respect that one. What you think, Grubby Grub? What you think? Uh, yeah, no, I think that this is a uh, a good a, a good analysis of like how some a lot of critics sometimes end up thinking about games where we um, overweight the value of innovation. I think occasionally, um, I, there there's definitely something to be said for making something feel fresh though. Um, and I think all these companies are fully aware of that. Like uh, God of War 2018 comes out and it feels fresh. It does really well. They are going to do this next God of War that is a clear uh, successor and is going to continue that story, but it's going to feel a lot like that first game. I'm sure there's going to be you know, lots of innovations there, but, like, but they're probably going to be pretty minor compared to what 2018 felt like, and that's going to be fine. But if they were to go back to that, well, a third time, a fourth time, they absolutely would see diminishing returns in terms of sales, let alone critical response. And that's just, um, we really, yeah, while we might overvalue novelty and innovation, um, we do so with, in, with, by, with keeping in mind that people come into games also a lot of times value that stuff. Now, 
there are obviously exceptions like Call of Duty. Call of Duty is going to be Call of Duty and that's going to be fine. And if it continues to be that, it's going to sell well. Yeah, but not everything's Call of Duty. It's just the, right. the reality of that. So I, yeah. I get this and it's something I try to keep in mind. Um, I if it especially if it's like the first direct sequel, if it's more of the same, I'm usually going to be pretty forgiving of that. And I even like like Hitman three, I really like it's definitely more Hitman, Hitman but it's like, yeah. yeah, me too. It's my game of the year so far. And I'm like, but it's like it's very well refined version of those games but i do think if they went to the well again it was exactly like it was hitman 4 and it was exactly the same thing i would still like it but i would be getting to say hey if you you know if you played all of these it's more of that if you want more of that and uh, yeah okay but it's gonna it's just gonna be less newsworthy less worthy of bringing up in conversation because it's more of the same that's just the way we work mm-hmm. yeah i've noticed the the i don't even think it's just journalists by the way for the record mm-hmm. i i think just anyone who reviews a game can do this yeah. but like I, I think i noticed it most recently with like death loop where uh to to my surprise personally i just i noticed a lot of people thought that this was this new platform that other developers are going to copy and it kind of surprised me because i think it's also we've seen a lot of time loop games this year but i think it did carry such a strong weight that a game that by the way i'm not here to like debate people's scores but a game that was like probably realistically going to get like an 8.5 or a 9 for most outlets got moved up to a 10 because they thought it was like that strong of a platform to build off of for them and to me it was one of those situations where it played very similarly to past arcane titles with less depth if i'm honest and um so i I ultimately found it disappointing but a lot of people complained about my review because they felt i was going back to the well a little too much saying like it's not like this it's not like this it feels less than that and people were saying that you should talk about it as if it's the new thing and Mm. i just don't review games like that i don't like to ignore you don't have studios history um everyone reviews games differently but yeah i did notice with Deathloop to me that was the one that stood up stood out as the you know this is really like the new thing and so it's it's getting some pretty bombastic scores through it yeah for for me with that with Deathloop, i remember like my thought process i reviewed that i was like uh I like what did you score by the way I don't I gave it I gave it a five out of five so yeah I gave it a a, a top score but it was like for me it was on the border but it's like you know we we have four out of five five out of five we don't have 4.5 so I gave it five Mm -hmm. out of five and there was the the reason was like I've liked immersive sims they've always made me feel pretty stupid and like I wasn't as creative as I was hoping I would be and so I go into a situation and once I get through it I'm like oh I now I see all these things I could have been playing with but I'm not going to play this game again so it's just now it's making me feel a little disappointed myself where Deathloop is like yeah, yeah, feel stupid the first time. This character feels stupid right now. That's cool. It's all in context. The next time you come through here, all those ideas you had, now you get to execute on them and feel really good about it. And I really appreciate that. And then the multiplayer is what really put it over for me. I'm like, it's a Ooh. strong four out of five with, with what, what it has. And then the multiplayer works really, really well. And so, yeah, that's where it got four, uh, five out of five for me. But it's like, I'm coming at it from someone who's definitely played Dishonored and liked it, but it was always kind of like, uh, I'm going to bounce off of this because mm-hmm. I'm just not in love with the way that I play it. And this one's like, we're going to make you feel good about that. And I'm like, okay, this that's is really doing something point. new for me in this genre and making me love immersive sims, which is something I was always going to be kind of like, going to keep at arm's length. And so, yeah, that's what I was like, oh, hey, you're just I, doing something I, new for me. I got to interject get- for Maddie. Oh, okay. Man, we'll okay. let you let you we'll let this slide. <laughs> we know how you feel about the great pantheon of Arcane. We're gonna let this grub. What? No, talk it's, slide. it's about me. I like those games. I just they made me feel stupid because I'm like I would just I would do the most basic <laughs> stuff in them, and I'd be like I remember I played a, an immersive sim that uh, not like one of the big Arcane ones, but I remember I played at PAX, mm-hmm. and like they're, they're in this room with this puzzle, 
and there's obviously some smart way to solve it but i see a bunch of boxes and i just start stacking them up on top of one another and you could definitely do that in an immersive sim that's the point mm -hmm. but uh the the developers are like yeah we haven't seen anyone do that before and i'm like <laughs> yeah i know i can tell this is not what i'm supposed to be doing and but that's just like i'm like this child for the first time in this room it. and i need time to like figure it out and the thing about death loop is it just gave me that time so I could see where Maddie's coming from, someone who loves this genre and loves this developer. I uh, just like getting me on board was such a big thing. I'm like, this is going to get yeah. a lot of people into this was, genre for the first time. I was going to say, that, you know, I'm not going to slander Jeff out here. Nah, because nah, <laughs> we here for that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. The, the reason is, is his point literally keyed into exactly how I felt about Hades. And I'm sure there are probably yeah. veterans of roguelikes that maybe aren't crazy about Hades. But for me, I can't stand that genre. It, like, I, mm -hmm. I would go to the length of saying I really don't like it. Mm -hmm. You're but wrong, but Hades yeah, was. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I didn't swear to you. I'm sorry. I'm a bad person. I never. Thank you for being nice to me. But I'm a guest. I know both of you feel strongly the opposite on this. That's why I'm starting trouble. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. All I was going to say is that Hades provided the same feeling that Jeff's feeling with, right. with, with Deathloop, where I was like, all right. I like this. I, yep. I, I, this was this entry point. Was Hades huge is a marvel, a marvel yeah. design. It is, uh, yeah, deserved game of the year last year. It's awesome. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, really pushed me over the top. So, it, so I'm guessing Deathloop is 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 going to be in your game of the year talk as well. So, be yeah, it'll be in my top to five, I think for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's right now. It's number three behind uh, my personal list. Just kind of like from off the top of my head, Hitman Three, The Forgotten City, and then Deathloop. Yeah, I gotta play Forgotten City. Gotta play the Gotta play Forgotten City. It's a yeah. really good time loop game. Yeah. And then um, I can't wait to cycle back around to most disappointing games of the year because when I bring Deathloop back up, they're coming for me, man. They're coming for me. I do a, I do a best game of the year and a, a disappointing game of the year. And and last year I picked Animal Crossing as one of my most disappointing games. I was, I was playing with fire and people were just like, hey, I respect that you did that. This year, now that we've like really picked up the Finding Duke and and like I've just been submerged in a community, even though I try to stay platform agnostic, like... I'm fucked this year, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm you're fucked both. this year. What they call like you, this... what, the pony and the Xbox at the same time? Yeah, the Death Loop is such a confusing one. I put it in my Twitter yeah. bio. Yeah. Put it in my Twitter bio. I love that you did that. That was dope. <laughs> I was just like, I can't win. So that, because the thing is like, now when I got people quote tweeting my Halo thing and they're like, who is this guy? They're like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, because I go to these some of these people's profile and they always have their platform in their bio. I'm like, yeah. why? Yeah. Yes, why? I hate that. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to check if they have that. I know what I'm dealing with and I'm just going to. Yeah. It's always a talent. Bro, yeah, I, they, have, I have, they, have a, they have a soccer player avatar, and then they're like, "Hey, I love PlayStation." I'm keep it real. Like I, I told you, I got the ten tweet rule. Like I look at before I follow you or even interact, I look at your last ten tweets, and if it's all of that nonsense and fanboy, yeah, and I'm like, good. "Yeah, I already, yep. I already know what I'm doing. Ain't no worth Bro, no you, need for me." Your leash is like this, and yeah. mine's like, "Oh, yours like the two tweets." Yeah. Oh, dude, if I see one tweet, I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, what like yeah, what like it's two buttons to get rid of a weird guy. Like that's it. That's how I feel about it. It's like hey, I press two buttons and now I no longer have to deal with a weird guy. That seems like a good use of my time instead of actually yeah. seeing the weird guy stuff. Like that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like at the end of the day, like it's, it, I always tell people, it's everyone's platform how they choose to yes, run it that's how the they big, choose that's to the interact key thing. with yep. that's Same. the key thing you know what i'm saying and everyone yep. has their different no, thing I, yeah. people block me please i don't want you to deal don't follow me mm -hmm. if you don't want to don't feel like if you followed me and you <laughs> right. want to unfollow me please god just unfollow me i tweet no, too I'm much saying. i don't want to be putting stuff yeah get me off of your feed i get it no, yeah yeah I feel it. To, to the question i just say um it, it, it's a tough it's a tough balance because you know with the initial game you know especially they knock some things out the park and the sequel comes you know, that sometimes, you know, you do feel like, oh, wow, they need to innovate this. But there is a, there is something to be said 
that if you really, I think, uh, Jeff, you said it like in a way that, you know, you almost tell the gamer like, hey, if you loved the first one and you love this core aspect of it and because this is coming back in spades, you're going to love this game. Right. And then mm -hmm. for other people, you know, they might want some new innovation. But my main thing is try to learn from your mistakes from the first game, the things that people really didn't like. And sometimes you got to be careful with reinventing the wheel because sometimes you lose the, the core aspect of what made the first yeah. one kind of great. So it's it's a tough balance. I don't envy that. Yeah, I, I think a great sequel is always just about how well it retools. So I look at something like Doom where 2016 I liked, but I complained about it's it's to me its length was too long and I didn't like how it it it, uh, it kept giving you new weapons and stuff and then it just stops. Mm -hmm. And then you have like four hours of just a shooting gallery that I, I just didn't find as engaging. But Doom Eternal was in my top five last year because it addressed that type of stuff and retooled like how your interactions with the armor and the health, you know, through your chainsaw and and smelting their armor off with the flamethrower or whatever it was called. Like to me, that worked really well on top of how they they doled out progression, how they added more to the maps, uh, how they included verticality. The the um, shotgun chain thing was insane. Like they just retooled the game. It was still Doom. But like you said, Cog, they didn't like reinvent the game where they lost what Doom was because I like Doom. Mm -hmm. just I didn't love it. Now I love Doom because of the little the little tweaks they made. So no I think it's just the key to a really good sequel. But yep, good point. Sean Mason's our next write in. Hey, Duke boys. During the video game club, I run at my my school for sixth, seventh and eighth graders. Ooh. A group of them were talking about how much fun they were having playing Sea of Thieves. They told me it was their favorite game to not only play, but also to relax and hang out with friends. With, see, with Season 4 out officially, the kids were hyped about all of the added content. This got me thinking about Sea of Thieves as a whole. Despite its lackluster launch, Sea of Thieves has been a tremendous success for Xbox and Rare. With the fall in popularity over the last decade of more prominent Xbox first-party games, such as Fable, do you think Sea of Thieves is right there with Halo and Gears in the terms of importance? Best, Sean M. Ooh, I, I like this question. Uh, I think Yeah, it's, it's I not think a it's pretty all, one, but... Yeah, you're right, you know. exactly. I think, And you have to kind of consider, like... I mean, you go ask a kid what you care about right now. And, I, you know, if they are playing Sea of Thieves, I bet there's a good chance of like, yeah, Sea of Thieves. I don't I don't give a shit about Halo. I, like, mm -hmm. yeah, like I think there's a strong yeah. chance that can happen. That's going to filter out over time. It takes a long time. Ten years is a long time in gaming for that that generation to come up and be like, all right, now we're here. And the thing we wanted to want you to bring back is Sea of Thieves. And we don't care about all that stuff for old yeah. men. Holy shit. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to. Yeah, it's going to be weird. But I, I think I think in terms of like if you talk about it right now, it is. Um. It has definitely worked its way up, up to being like sort of that that next tier at the very, very least, I think. I think we talk about the, I have a Nintendo podcast. We talk about like, where does Fire Emblem fit in compared to Mario and Zelda? It's like, oh, it's moved up and be like probably that next tier. And so that's why it's, so they're going to keep working on that series so much. Mm -hmm. I think Sea of Thieves is easily sort of like an equivalent to like a Fire Emblem, that this thing that has come up, proven itself over time and is, uh, and is now like right there in terms of the thing. One of the first things people talk about when they say, why do you love playing, you know, on Xbox or whatever? Uh, while I know it's still the butt of a joke for a lot of people because of its launch, that is really missing the force for the trees for what that game is now. And it's it's a big deal for a lot of people. Absolutely. Cog, what about you? Yeah, bro, this is a great question because, you know, it, to me, it, den it denotes the disparity between the, the, the vocal minority on, on Twitter and, and hardcore gamers versus what popular culture and other people are playing and, and you know i'm an older gent like see if these wasn't necessarily for me but you know i want to shout out a couple of people i want obviously got to shout out the mayor ben smith this is his game he of plays course. this consistent you know i want to shout you out you brought up the engagement numbers recently manny right and you yeah. were just showing steam alone and i think even ben told yes. us like that's just that one platform they even doing way better on these you know the other platforms so 
it is amazing to see that they've stuck with it the the actual content the engagement the streaming community that that's rallied behind this mm-hmm. thing you know i would be i gotta shout out my boy from rdx ozaka he plays this thing all yes. the time on pc like this is a big thing i mean it's not for me but one thing i do realize is that it is this is serving a community of gamers that Let's be honest, you know what I'm saying? Like they they are sticking with it. And I thought thousands was, of hours. I got friends with thousands of hours in this game. Yes, bro. It's, it's, it is their forever game. And it's, it's forever. Like, yeah, and, and, and it's a significant audience too. And it's the kind of thing that that bounces back up on Twitch and does have really good engagement numbers over time. And you 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 kind of I mean, people want to discount that and be like, oh, uh, when Halo first came out, like Halo Three first came out, and they had the number about how many concurrent players they had. Oh, there's a million people online, and that's mm-hmm. a success. And it's it's really not a success yeah. right now. Is 10,000 concurrent players on Steam or more? This game is right in that range. Yeah. So uh, it is easily a success. And then it's just in terms of like that brand equity, it does it have the brand equity to get up there with Halo and, and, and Gears? And I think over time, it almost certainly will. Yeah, yeah. we got to see what they're going to do next. They'll probably keep this going. But I think there's room to do more with Sea of Thieves, right? There's more, there's room to take that brand and maybe put out other kinds of games and, and yeah. play with that idea. Honestly, if Everwild is, is this doom boggle or you know this this debacle, sorry, yeah. uh, if that's it's this thing that's falling apart and they don't know what to do with it, just go do something more with Sea of Thieves instead. Honestly, Rare. I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. that's not your thing but you should yeah the final yeah. point i'm sorry man one, one, one point I no, but please. Before I go, is that um you know to me when i saw the what is it the pirates of the caribbean integration yeah. all this great stuff and i gotta be honest like the our community ilp community they you know for our patreon team they were like hey we want you guys to play a game together see it there I ain't gonna lie, it's a romp with friends. I'm gonna go lie. I had yes, to, to bend the knee. I was addict with the <laughs> captain. He had us laughing. It's it, you know. role play. It's it's, yes. it's like and it's like it's like low low key too. So it's like yeah, things go bad, but that's the fun. And pulling that off in a video game is so hard. People yes, hate yeah. when things go wrong. People despise it. They're like, let's just let's reload a save. That's not what this game is. This game is it's gonna go wrong, and you're gonna have you're gonna come out with a story to tell your friends. And yes. that is the, that social that social currency is worth so much, especially mm-hmm. now. Again, when we talked about like New World, like why it's doing well, that that's right where that Sea of Thieves is. It's like that social yes. currency yeah. of having something to talk about in your Discord and tell these stories. It's it's perfect for that. Uh, and I'm 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 continuously impressed. And I do like occasionally checking in on it myself and seeing what it's doing because it is fun with friends absolutely, absolutely. No doubt. okay man yeah i was just gonna throw out there that i think there's something that uh always gets forgotten because it's so hard to find consoles on store shelves now but when they do i th- i always remember growing up like one of the big things for me was seeing what the games were mm-hmm. on there what they were featuring and of course we always go to halo but i think of course we, we were talking earlier about about family-friendly games and and having something like sea of thieves is one of the the things on the cover I, that's what i think of i'm like would xbox put this on the box that they would sell with the Series X or the Series S. And I'm like, yeah, probably. Like, I think mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves would be featured on the back as one of the games that they're touting, especially if they've got the okay. I don't know if they would actually need the okay from Disney to be like, hey, can we put the Pirates of the Caribbean, like the expansion we did for it on this so that people recognize this Disney property? I think it makes their console more appealing. So ultimately, I'm of the mindset that, yeah, they're they're definitely like knocking on the door of, of being in that talk now. I just, the thing that they need is something that Halo and gears have benefited from which is time so that people can reminisce yes which which sea of thieves is just too new it came out five years ago to really have but you know people still talk about the days in halo 3 the days of coming Mm -hmm. home to gears 2 gears 3 multiplayer that type of stuff so sea of thieves just needs that time and i think it'll join that company as it continues to get better over time definitely 
All right, two more questions left. Next one comes from Lucas Kasecker. Hey, guys. Long time, first time. Maddie. Oh, no. Oh. I have a big contention regarding your preference for trophies <laughs> over achievements. Man, I get this one all the time. <laughs> Let me explain. Over, Of course, it's nice to get a platinum signifying you did everything. But on Xbox, without the presence of a platinum, I tend to go after achievements even when I don't intend on completing them all. On PlayStation, if I'm not going for the plat, I don't even bother with the other trophies. In other words, on Xbox, it feels like every achievement matters. On PlayStation, if not for the plat, the rest is disposable. Thanks for all you do. Greetings from Brazil, the land of expensive consoles. Maddie, you're going to answer This is for a yourself? fair <laughs> argument. I, Explain I, I'm yourself, not bending Maddie. The knee. Explain yeah. yourself, Maddie. Just I'm not bending the knee, but this is a fair <laughs> argument. <laughs> Let's go. I, yeah, I gotta admit, I'm pretty. Uh, yeah, that's pretty compelling because I, 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 yeah. I tend to go that way too. Where it's like, yeah, that's an interesting achievement that I just saw. I guess I will try for that. And, and yeah, I, and I do think of PlayStation things in terms of the platinum and only the platinum. Exactly, and it's like it was like I was reading about myself. I'm like, wait, I, f I fucking do this. No, <laughs> yeah. like I, I do this. I do this without yeah. even realizing it. So Lucas got me on this one. So, There's no clap back that needs to be done here. I just mm -hmm. need to give it an acknowledgement. <laughs> I still think that uh, trophies are more fun because you, you get something at the end. It's just that. Yeah. I'm an RPG fan. The right. reward at the end of anything speaks to my soul directly. Mm -hmm. So that's it. From from chores and getting allowance when I was like five years old to something like a platinum trophy in a video my, game. My wife's stupid. a teacher, and uh, she gives out uh, belts uh, like, uh, like a martial art to her students. Oh, so like a, okay. they, there you they, go. She, one of her students just earned was the first one to earn a yellow belt, and she's so excited. And all the school talks <laughs> about it because, like, oh, it's such a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. I would have loved that when I was in school. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'll just jump real quick. It's just that, um, you know, it's interesting because I, this is a good, compelling, you know, kind of argument, and I, I definitely understand it. I think for me, when I love a game, I feel like this moral obligation to kind of get the platinum and, and, yes. and fit it because I, if I claim to like, you know, really be about this thing, then I want to kind of do service. Your I guess, stamp. yeah. It, it just—it's like a gamer. I know it's foolish. It's it just something mm -hmm. I, I take pride in. It's but I understand ladder. this point. I understand this point. You know, there, there are times though the opposite side where I'll say, "Yo, I'm not doing that." Like sometimes, like the game of like, "All right, you got to get 65 book bags and this." And no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And you, you now you making me do extra busy work for some things. Mm -hmm. now, then there's other times where I feel they're really creative and they make me. Play, do a play style that I would have not normally done and I'm like oh you know what I actually enjoy this I would have never done this if it wasn't for this achievement so it's a balance you know what I'm saying but I understand both sides of the argument but I, I still do I still give the platinum edge I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold to that mm -hmm. I'm still gonna get a platinum edge I still think Xbox needs an equivalent I still feel PlayStation yeah. kind of beat them to the punch in their own space even though xbox debuted you know created the system i i do think they need an equivalent i'm gonna i'm gonna, I was, I was gonna say man I, all, all i gotta ask lucas is in, re, in return here is like are you gonna be upset if xbox adds yeah. something yeah. like what are you gonna do? it's like no, it's like why yeah. are we taking our heels on my stance here because i look at it at the end of the day is y'all better be celebrating with me when they do that because yeah. i'm gonna be very disappointed if you're not and they i feel like they got to eventually because they're the ones who introduced the goddamn system so yeah. it's they only could, a matter of time really, they can improve uh achievements they really could for sure and that's the key yeah. way. Yes. And I love the rare achievements. For me, they've sort of not soured by any stretch of the imagination, but they hit a little less hard because it sounds stupidly privileged and I acknowledge it. But like when I'm reviewing games, like I, everything's rare. Yeah. Yep. Everything is rare. Yes. Everything's a rare yeah. achievement. So I'm like, what is the actual rare achievement? Yeah. Right. I don't get the sensation that everyone else gets. <laughs> everything's at 0.1%. Yeah. I, 
Sometimes That's just because all the other people playing are games journalists and we're bad, so we're not as good. We're not catching up to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Takes us a while to get all the stuff that you're already getting. <laughs> One last request if anybody's listening from all the team or remember the old Xbox you I do want, I feel Xbox strength is their achievement art. And mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. think some of those achievement arts for some of the games, Halo Gears, are like phenomenal. And there was at one point during the Xbox ecosystem, I believe Xbox One, where they had a thing called the showcase. And you could take your five achievements that you're the most proud of and put it in like an art style thing on your profile. And I'm st- I'm like, I'm, Jeff, grub a pad. Like every time the Xbox inside a thing, I'm like, you need to make da-da-da-da. like I'm the guy complaining. <laughs> I'm like, where's the Xbox achievement showcase? Because this was so great. Now you mm. took it away and I want to showcase. So I'm mm. probably like the one dude that probably requested this. But <laughs> I think it's cool, man. I love the art style. Not it's wrong. like they clearly paid a team to do this great art to signify an achievement. Even Ross on the wrong got some of the best achievement art I've ever seen. And oh, I, I would put that back. on my profile. Yeah. I gotta bring it in. I gotta bring it. FPS boost, yeah. gotta gotta will it into existence. So <laughs> the whole thing is, We're working, we're working. We're working, we're working. That's how the Duke <laughs> boys do. So it's like, yeah, that, that's what I wanna do. I just want them to do because it's such a gamer cred pride thing. Like, yo, mm-hmm. I did that. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. That's just me. Yeah. Last question of the show. Justin Robinson writes in, hey, Maddie Cog and possibly Jeff. Indeed, it is Jeff. How do you think Sony is going to handle being out of the conversation for a little while? Whoa. He says, follow me here. I think Halo Infinite is going to be massive. Was watching Dr. Disrespect and Tim the Tatman play the beta over the weekend, and I can see they were really enjoying it. This is the first time in a while that all the streamers will be playing a game that isn't available on a PlayStation console like Warzone, Apex, Final Fantasy XIV, and Battlefield. I don't watch streaming that often, but I think it's foolish to ignore how popular it is. How will PlayStation handle not having their own big FPS, and especially if Halo Infinite were to get a Battle Royale? Thank you. Hope you have a wonderful day, and thank you for making the best Xbox podcast in all the land. Justin, thank you, Justin. We appreciate you on that. I thought this was interesting because we were just talking about how important streamer engagement is with with New mm-hmm. World, and and it got me thinking immediately about Halo, and it's like, do you think a similar thing's going to happen here, Jeff? I do think a similar thing is going to happen here. I think, uh, I, I don't know if Microsoft is going, it has a, like as part of their plan to like go pay streamers to play the game. They should. I think every multiplayer game should do that. It's, it's it, again, invaluable. But uh, a lot of that stuff can happen pretty naturally, especially if it's like the big game right now. Um, and I think they'll probably benefit from that. And when they do, it's, it is going to be, it is going to feel kind of suffocating if you are one of these people who's like, I don't want to hear about what's going on in Xbox or that makes you uncomfortable and you just want, want it to be, you know, the PlayStation celebration party 24 7 and, and it's yeah it's going to be annoying and i think I, but i think at playstation they're pretty good at being like yeah okay yeah that's happening right now we're um you know we've been here before we've been uh in the end zone before we're, we're going to be barry sanders about it we'll you know we'll hand the ball off and let the guy other <laughs> other team have the ball for a little bit and then try to reference yeah so yeah the lions fan unfortunately yeah uh yeah and so it, it they're, they're gonna yeah and they'll come back and they'll have something to talk about relatively soon i think they'll have factions uh, probably early next year, it seems like, in, in that range. And they'll start mm. talking about that. And I think they're going to get more serious about multiplayer games here pretty soon. There was that um, the, the job listing for an MMO or multiplayer thing happening at Guerrilla and that could be related to Horizon. That's That stuff's probably happening. They're, they have a lot of... for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's been in the works for many years now, it seems like. Yeah. 
So the, it seems like that they are interested in having a way to clap back with their own multiplayer game that is just on PlayStation. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something I didn't think they would do, but it definitely seems like they are keen on doing that. And that just means right now, this holiday, you're going to have to sit back and deal with the Halo love uh, as long as, you know, and that's assuming that Halo doesn't have some sort of catastrophe in terms of its servers or whatever, and it falls apart and or, or a oh, mass. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, master, the Master Chief Collection sort of situation. You never know. It's but not impossible. It, yes, but if it all goes wrong if it all goes right uh so i mean we'll just have to deal with it and come back and 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 be fine mm -hmm. and really the playstation 5 is going to sell out and the, the, their games are going to continue to sell and miles morales is going to continue to be in the top five every month on the mpd so the, they're going to do just fine in terms of their pocketbook the thing that jim ryan really cares about and then when it's time yeah. to make announcements again they'll have something to say in terms of multiplayer and people pretty will soon listen. and people will listen yes absolutely yeah. Todd, what about you any additional thoughts on that yeah, I mean, Grub said it best. I mean, I think it's just par for the course. I think, you know, this generation is going to be a heavyweight fight, man. I, I think, mm -hmm. you know, Microsoft's completely committed. PlayStation had a phenomenal last generation. They're the market lead, and they're still, you know, hitting strong and making good moves. I just think it's like, mm -hmm. it's par for the course in the sense that it's like, okay, we know what's coming. Brace for impact. We've been here before. This is their cycle. This is this time. And that's just the point. Like, it's the same thing to me. It's like Xbox must say when Last of Us 2 dropped, right? You know, it's just like, okay, we know it's coming. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. buckle down. You know, they'll do so. And then what generally, you know, you, you allow the competition to have the cycle for the most part, right? And then you just do something a little bit after things die a little bit just to remind them like, hey, remember we got this coming over here. We got Miles yeah. Morales too. It, it, it's just par for the course. But the beauty of this is, I love that it's that competitive this generation. Sure, that yeah. Microsoft has these great titles to end the year. Forza to really knock it out the park, even though Maddie's a Forza hater by the fans. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that they call you that. I think it's hilarious. Wow. But um, you know, unbelievable. Exactly. <laughs> what a shitty ass game. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you got Horizon Five. That's gonna be huge for them, right? Halo again, multiplayer. We getting positive vibes from it. It should you know dominate the news cycle provided especially if the campaign does well they're gonna end the year strong there's just no escaping that and sony knows this so they just gotta hunker down they'll do a couple things probably at the end of the year just to remind you hey we're still here that kind mm -hmm. of thing and uh it's gonna be a great gen man i i love this kind of stuff i love xbox competing and having titles to, to be out yeah. there but what about you, i man? definitely think xbox's bow on the year is going to be game awards i think there's no doubt oh, that yes they're they're gonna 100 yes. be there and yes, yes. capacity I, once again yes. i yes. i would put money on about yep. i would put Ooh, i think money on i think you're probably right i think hellblade was uh kind of the plan as well but we'll see if that actually grub exclusive but, yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> we heard it for clip it y'all run with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they were think, they, they, they were like thinking about doing that that uh thing that they had uh, after e3 uh with Paris, they're thinking about putting that in the show. And like, no, that's too much reuse stuff. So we'll just save that, and then mm -hmm. we'll do something that later in the year, probably at the Game Awards. So that seemed to be the plan. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll those, those plans yeah. could change. I think Avowed. The reason why I think Avowed is is like oh, they've said this on the show a lot, but mm -hmm. Avowed. Like, I remember reading the E3 post from Obsidian, and they were just like, "Yeah, we'll show more later this year." And now it's September. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, and there's probably a pretty obvious spot. 
and they got to the E3 planning, and I remember hearing like about, about that meeting, and they're like, hey, all right, and now here's uh, what they show, the uh, Outer Worlds 2, right? That's what they showed? Mm-hmm. Yes, so yes, like, yes. All right, and here's cool. our thing with Outer Worlds 2, and then uh, someone was like, why are we showing Outer Worlds 2? And and uh, Obsidian was like, because you told us to. Earlier this year, <laughs> this is what you asked for. And so we don't have a vowed ready. And they're like, we should get a vowed ready. We don't have it ready. And so it's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I imagine after that, like, okay, now we have to show a vowed next. And I think you're right. Yeah. Game Awards makes a lot of sense. Game Awards, yeah. we'll see what happens. I just need Grub to confirm my dream with Kojima and, and Keegley. Hey, we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. I, I know that it seemed like that deal was going to happen. So I think Game Awards makes a lot of sense. They're going to have, they're yeah. gonna, they should have a lot at the Game Awards. They're primed for it. So, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. inside scoops or not, not to put all the pressure yeah. on yes. Jeff, but just, no, no, Jeff just in general. It's official. We run away. That's what the headlines are going to say. So, why not? <laughs> Hey, just as long as they link the podcast, right? Give us some love. You get yours. Get yours. Yeah, get yours. Exactly, I get that. Exactly. They're, they're, yeah. It's Jeff's scoop, but it's our show. You know? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I understand. <laughs> we'll see. That'll be telling. That'll be very telling if people include yes. us or not. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you sharing that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Xbox ends the year. And I think people are just in general adjusting to the idea that like, Xbox is semi-competitive right now. Like that's just the yeah. thing. Like I don't think PlayStation cares because they've had a whole generation to put like their foot on Xbox's throat, step on it, and be like, "All right, like we have a ton of IP established that people know that will sell millions of copies. Effectively, we're fine." And now we just now we got a, a deal with Marvel on multiple games, so they're they're doing fine. I don't think PlayStation is going to care if Xbox is in the conversation for a couple months, although it's at the right time. With, holidays and stuff yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll probably want to have something to say about yeah, and that at the top of the year they was horizon they got stuff coming they, they, yeah. they could be fine yeah, yeah. Be fine. and they, they there was that talk they might have a psx come back or something like that and that'd be they cool. can make more announcements then i agree that would be very cool that'd be a yes. cool thing because yeah they're, they're in a situation where their timing is just working out more games at the beginning of the year fewer games at the end, at the end of the year if you make announcements people are going to forget that real quick and know mm-hmm. okay i got some cool stuff that i know is coming and then i'm going to be playing horizon in a few months that's that's what's yeah. going to matter exactly absolutely that's all we got for the questions for this episode jeff it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for spending some time with us here absolutely it's a really good time guys i really appreciate you having me on thank you brother thank you i wanted to shout you out because obviously it's been an eventful week (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll just say like it's not a big deal to me like it's just not like i think it's not that big a deal like i I, um me and colin had a little spat but it's not i don't really harbor any ill will and uh i think that when it comes down to it it's just we're all trying to get by we're all living our lives all doing our work and then you Mm -hmm. go on twitter and it's so easy to just send off stupid shit and vitriol and 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 then it's just as easy to like turn around and forget you did that and that's what it was and it's just the the smallest little stuff that i think doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things and uh, what matters is having cool conversations like this and coming on and talk about stuff we actually do like and uh and if as long as that's what we're doing i'm more than happy to be a part of it yeah i didn't want to put you on the spot i didn't want to make you feel like you had to and i appreciate that that's that's really it was thoughtful and and i appreciate you guys are great hosts and and i mean that like hosting the show but also hosting me as a guest i I really appreciate it this is a really good time of course i appreciate it i had a fantastic time and at the end of the day man we all love video games bro we all love feel that that's what it's about 100 yep so thank you I for agree. coming through it really appreciate it brother absolutely, absolutely. anytime anytime likewise cog you got a hashtag for this week brother it's a good one i don't know yeah. this is so many good topics like i, I, I couldn't think i want to i'm gonna put it back on you always good with them oh, oh. you always good with them I, this last ah. one i knew was concerned because i was like it's too yeah, much fake yeah. concern trolling so we was <laughs> running with the hashtag so we got scoop scoop you want to do scoops you want to do scoop cd 
Yeah, yeah I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, let's do a scoop. Yeah. We, we, we can plug, you know, we had that graphics, that Grub exclusive. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, scoop DD, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. So you got this deep. You want to let us know. Either fire away with the hashtag scoop DD in the comments down below or tag us on Twitter at G27status, sorry, is my handle. Lord Cognito is Cogs and then Jeff Grubb for Jeff Grubb, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> so follow us, tag us. Let us know you got this deep. Let us know your thoughts on the show. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And until next time, we'll catch you with episode four zero next week. Peace out. Peace. Bye. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the United States of America. The show is conceived by Matthew Mr. Matty Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty, and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. Maddie's co-host is Barry Lord Cognito Eversley. Defining Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Defining Duke, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level on Patreon, and we're thankful for your kindness and generosity. Andrew Morgan, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLDFMA, Jorge Palomino, Daniel D'Amour, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Tom Quinn, Henry Groth, Joshua, Relentless Rex, Troy Miller, Meyer Katz, Jordan Mittman, J.A. Zhu, Tristan Palacios, Graham Plays, Christian Rodriguez, Jad Rita, Kurt M. Gillenberg, Patrick Skipper, Sweaty Mitt, Chris Kelly, Dustin Graff, Peyton Stone, Roberto, Josh Hallen, Rui, Tyler Watkins, Troilus True, Dan Root, Isabella Hope, Top G82, Talisman, Christopher, Randall Halsey, Robbie Nauman, Nuke Dukum, Jim Bob, 56, William Holbert, Dr. Stump, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Vornak, Betty Ann Moriarty, Daniel Johnson, H. Trons, Ethan Davies, Jay Getter, Manuel Ochoa, Bjorn Campbell, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Silvinsky, Galja of Fortuna, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newland, Saul Balcazar, Brian White, Raul Melendez, Keegs, Eric Harden, Alex Bolton, Kinnams, Joseph Baker, Rodney Coleman, Chris Moore, Caswell, Andy Kinnanen, Chris, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritz, Evan Dalton, Zach Allen, George Anthony Nunez, Kyle Hagel, Christopher, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S., David Bostick, Stewie 108, D.B. Cooper, Cody Bradbury, Tom Cargill, Richter 86, Steve Hodge, Holfeldian, Ian Bravo, Barrett Boswell, Andrew Parker, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Kevin Komaki, Mark Liberto, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coates, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Brian Chan, Jay, Organic Produce, Shane St. Pierre, Carlos Algarit, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Josh Yeager, Martin Beck, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Brody Rainey, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Eric Finkenbeiner, Lewin Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, Dylan Burns, Jason Lusky, Malachi Wall, Betty Ann Moriarty, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Anton K, Brian W. Rath, Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bello, Ryan T. Mandel, Tony Zuniga, Sean Battershall, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, James Kinsler III, Will Caldwell, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, William O'Carroll, Jesper Jansen, Phil Crone, Throw Seven, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, David Mann, Petro Rhodes, Lockmort, Gio Corsi, Joey Gondhaliker, Gerald Pennington, Justin Wagaman, David Iacolucci, Paul Joyce, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Shane Rayum, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Keith A. Lewis, Marius Garson Peterson, Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Matthew Perdue, Patrick Carper, Mad Mock Media, Jonathan Rice, and Casual Misfits Gaming.